1: Home Depot uh, in Kansas had to be evacuated for a bomb threat. Oh, fuck yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, take it out, take it out. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah.
0: suck it nice and
1: slow. Couple other really funny news stories. Kenny G. Who
0: the fuck is Kenny
1: G? The fucking clarinet player. Oh, suck it nice. <laughs> what did he do wrong? He's being Charles Manson all weird. In the middle of it, he cuts her off and goes, Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. oh take
0: it out, take it
1: Dude, out. Dude, now I see why people followed Charles Manson. He was very straightforward. Yeah, he had the right ideas.
0: It's time
2: for the You Watch I Listen podcast, and always remember, don't sniff it, just do it.
1: Hey everybody. <coughs> welcome. Who's coughing? I'm sorry. Are you already dying? Yes. <laughs> we just started. We're, on, we're uh, on our way out. Welcome to episode Act sixty-one of you watch I listen. Um, I'm I am your one co-host, uh Dan.
0: Rosie? I'm uh, the other co host, Taylor Maha.
1: Taylor Maha. It sounds like a soda.
0: Maha. <laughs> Maha Blast. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like a fucking beer.
1: Yeah, I mean, a beer that no one wants. They've added too much hops. It's,
0: it's, it's like a worse version of
1: Modelo. All right, and this is episode sixty-one of <laughs> You Watch I Listen. Uh, today's date, while we're recording, is Sunday, September eleventh. Uh, because uh, <laughs> this thing is going to be a this thing is going to be a disaster. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and and I, I saw something September eleventh related this morning that actually made me go, "Oh wow." Uh, you know that, That's uh, not usually the reaction when you know, you say uh, September yeah, It'd be weird if you're like, oh, i got to get the Juergens. You, know, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know that dude uh, um, that's in the movie Stuber with Batista? Yeah, Kamaji. Well, somebody uh, posted, posted something from a, a stand-up of his, and if he really said this, um, my respect level for him as a comedian uh, is no, going to triple. What did he okay. say? Uh, so it was a 9-11 joke. He goes, what's my stance on 9 Oh, um anti I mean it was a tragedy we lost 19 of our best guys yes, that, that see wow. that's, um, that's actually that movie that came out that was like his breakthrough
1: the big sick mm-hmm. which is he great actually movie. it's a really good movie um, he his girlfriend gets sick and he meets her parents and Ray Romano was the father I forgot who the mother was and uh, they're like weirded out because he's a Muslim guy and he actually uses that line in the movie and I was like yes <laughs> so I like that because uh, the big sick is actually based on his real relationship with his wife yeah um, and the fact that he pulled his Stand up into it, and that maybe that's why he wanted Ray Romano in it because everybody loved Ray- everybody loves Raymond was very much based on his stand up and growing up in an Italian family in Long yeah, right. Island. All right, so episode sixty one, let's get these uh, ads out of the way. Uh, first and foremost, big shout out to Blue Chew, Blue Chew. Um, guys. You know I love talking about sex. I got a dirty mind. Come on, but- that's all about sex. <laughs> that's it. That's and specifically, you. what I love about sex is when I can able I'm able to go more than once in one night and I remember when I was 18 20 years old there was no problem now I'm 30 and it's not the same but I have something for you guys that can help increase performance and give you that extra confidence in bed so listen up BlueChew.com that's blue like the color blue Blue BlueChew brings you the very first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know it works you can take BlueChew anytime day or night even on a full stomach and since it's chewable it works up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. So literally, if I'm just sitting there and I say, hey, I want to stuff something, I take a blue chew and then I can stuff something. And then if I want to stuff something a couple hours later, I can do it again. Now, this is not for just guys who cannot perform. It's for any guy who wants an extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Most guys talk a good game, but most are one and done. Right, some are one hump chumps. Blue chew can even help your follow through on That's round good. two. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in discreet packaging. So no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew is, uh, prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we got a special deal for You Watch, I Listen listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code YWIL. That's Y-W-I-L. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code Y-W-I-L. W-I-L to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring You Watch, I Listen.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much, fellas. So the next one we got are coming from our homies over at BetDSI.com. Now, there was a fight last night. Yeah, I'm glad
1: I didn't bet on any of them. I'm glad
0: I didn't either because the one person who won I did not expect. Who? Uriah Faber.
1: I figured he was going to win. I didn't They think gave him so. a pretty easy matchup first. But I did hear some people complain about the stoppage. Um, I actually I did not think, see I, it. I, wouldn't,
0: I, I wouldn't complain about it. I think that's a good stuff. I heard more
1: complaints about the stoppage in the main event, but please Go on about right. the wonderful anyway, people at but, BetDSI. But you
0: know with the UFC fight last night, you definitely could have bet, and I would have. Pref- I, you should have used BetDSI. But if you didn't, let me tell you why you should use BetDSI. Now, they've been paying winners for over 20 years, and it's one of the top-rated sites on all betting review sites. You use your sports knowledge to make a little extra cash this week. This week, next week, the week after that. However long you want to go. And it also has a very friendly user interface and a mobile site. Um, It also has the fastest payouts in the industry. It's simple. You play, you win, and you get paid. Get paid, motherfucker. BetDSI offers betting options for for everything from MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL, UFC, and all other major sports. Politics, reality TV, esports, virtually anything. Specifically with the NFL season only eight weeks away, you definitely want to start looking at the over-unders right about now. Yes, absolutely. Try live betting on BetDSI where you can bet on games from start to finish, every play, and every minute until the very end. New members get 100% bonus match when using promo code YWIL. That's more than double your money back and you start winning today. I play there myself, and I recommend BetDSI if you want to add a little extra excitement to the sports that you love and any other sports that you are currently watching. You could be watching the Wimbledon final right now, Uh, Nadal and uh, Roger Federer. You could live bet that right now if it's still going on. Um... At least the
1: World Cup's over. So don't have to hear about that bullshit Oh, don't anymore. worry. We'll talk We'll talk about okay, that. Okay, great.
0: <laughs> Once again, go to betdsi.com and use promo code YWIL, stands for You Watch, I Listen, and get up to a limited time with 100% bonus offer plus a $25 free wager to test the waters. Don't miss out and go uh, make some extra cash this betting season. It's only a game until you bet at BetDSI. i got to compliment you, Taylor.
1: You've gotten way better at the ad reads over the last few weeks. I feel like you're more comfortable. It's also probably because you remember it most of it off the top of your head. Too. Well, after doing it for so
0: much. <laughs> you like, just get used to well, Words. A perfect example. Whenever we do the Lobo live read, yeah. I, we've done it so much. I like I I don't remember the number till you say till you say the first the area code, and then I remember. the Correct, number.
1: correct. All right. So how was your week, Taylor?
0: Honestly, just very busy. Um, because it was exceptionally hot out this week. Yes. And then, like the mix of rain and because I work outside during the summer. Yeah. It poured calls. on
1: uh Thursday. Thursday. Poured.
0: Yeah. So I was. Destranged. It was. It was just an absolute mess this week. But I had a great weekend and I had, I had a late night, dude. That's
3: good to hear, Josh. How was your week? Uh, fantastic. Uh, this is the best week I've had in a really long time. Well, that nice, man. that actually, makes you know that, that makes it no. That.
1: that makes it a worse week for me. No, that no, you had a good one. Yeah. <laughs> no offense. Sorry, dude. Um, well, I'm, I'm glad, not... I, I am actually glad to hear you had a good week. Uh, my week was weird, man. So Taylor got here, I guess at like two, like an hour before we started. I had, I had no, no place and else better to go. He texted me, and I was I was sleeping. Um, I've had the weirdest uh, week of sleep. So, Sunday night, I fell asleep like decently early for me. It was like 12.30. But I wake up at 3.15, and I'm just like, motherfucker. takes me an hour to fall back and sleep. Anyway, normally. Mon- Monday, go to sleep. Reasonable hour. Guess what time I woke up? What? 3.15. I Again, two nights in a row. Guess what happened on Tuesday night?
0: You woke up like what? Two in the morning? 3.15. Jesus I woke Christ. up at
1: three fifteen four four nights in a row. Real talk. So, on Thursday... I stayed up till 3.30. I was like, I'm going to just beat it. Fuck it. Be- I'm, yeah. Fuck it. I'm going to beat this. If, I, if I'm if i awake at 3.15, I can't wake up at 3.15. <laughs> he,
0: he stayed up out of spite for his body and not let him sleep. No, that's literally 15.
1: what it was. And then I, I finally started to feel a little better. But you know who we're having a better weekend, guys? We having a better week better than, than Albert Haynesworth. <laughs> he's
0: happened? he's
1: what? having. He's in a full liver failure. Jesus.
0: Um, no, fuck him. He no, stepped no, no. on he, a guy's he, face. The, he's. He's always been a jerk. Yeah, honestly. and
1: people are donating. They're like, "Oh, we'll give you a, a liver and kidney failure." I think people are offering donations and sending well, money. Didn't that, this
0: guy sign at the, the time I mean, the contract. largest
1: at the time the largest contract in NFL what, history? Was it
0: over like a two hundred million dollars? It deal was like I think it, I think so he
1: got ridiculous. like one hundred and ten million guarantee. It was something ridiculous. stunk for him. but I have no sympathy for. He fucking stepped on a player's face, which was should have. Kicked it, it, out of the fucking dude, league. It wasn't
0: even that. It was so he pulled the helmet off and then, and then just stopped ra- on it and raked
1: it. Dude, dude. It he, he should have been kicked out of the fucking league. He
0: he was terrible in Washington, and then he had maybe one game where he was somewhat competitive in New England. Well, and people then he was forget how
1: disgusting he was in Tennessee. Dude, he was ridiculous. He, he, you, you could double team and he still beat the assignment most of the time. Like,
0: a lot of people don't understand the type of monster Albert Hainsworth as a three tech and inside three tech. Like take Aaron Donald on his best day, yeah, and that was Albert Hainsworth. And Hainsworth tea. was and he even was bigger. was yeah, exactly. three times the size yeah. of him. Yeah, exactly. Three times the size of him.
1: Um, another person we having a better week then. Uh, we lost um, Violet Beauregard from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Denise Nickerson. Oh, um, man. Yeah. So now Violet's turning purple. Um, you're Violet, <laughs> they you're turning they Violet. should have taken a, a piece of her bubble gum and plugged up her heart hole with it. <laughs> that would have helped just out. gum like a goddamn horse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so why don't we get into our reviews. Um, Josh, who goes first since we flipped it up this week, I. Got a movie
0: and Taylor got an album. Who's going first? I feel like
3: I almost always pick Taylor, so we're gonna go with you. Okay. I was say
0: Everyone for the last couple weeks. Picked so me, Taylor,
3: so. you gave me a movie. You it's, gave me Battleship.
1: I'm,
0: I'm like really excited because I know. Are you yep. gonna start recording on camera too? Because oh, actually that's a good idea. Yeah.
1: So let me give it a minute. So um, what we tried doing for every tenth episode is flipping it up I usually give Taylor movies he gives me an album yeah. uh, for every tenth episode I give him an album and he gives me a movie and it's actually good for both of us because he goes much deeper with music I go much deeper with movies so we can it's easier for me to come up with something that you're not as familiar with it's also it's a lot harder for me to come up with something you haven't yeah, fucking seen exactly so really when you have to come up with something to give me you're either going super old school like Laurel and Hardy did the one time or you're going with something so terrible <laughs> that I don't even think the stars of the movie saw it and I would not be surprised if any of the stars of the movie battleship actually sat through this monstrosity. Wasn't Liam
3: Neeson in this movie? Liam yeah, Neeson was. was in it.
1: Rihanna was in it. One of the Skarsgård bastards was in it.
3: Yeah, he was actually, yeah.
1: <sighs> okay, I wish I could tell you what this movie was about because things just start happening. <laughs> he's, they're, at, they're at a bar and then he's trying to steal a uh, a, a, a taquito from the bar for his future girlfriend uh-huh. and he gets arrested and then suddenly he's in the future and he's dating the girl that he was trying to steal the taquito for and then he's on a ship and aliens show up and they're trying to go to another planet and the ships get blown up and people die and no one knows what's happening because. This movie did not have a script. At all. They would have been better off making a two. Also, it was almost two and a half hours long. It's a long movie. I would have preferred a three hour movie just watching two people, two people with Down syndrome play Battleship. That would have been better <laughs> than this movie. I truly don't understand. What they were trying to do. And I liked how crafty they were, how there was like a post credit scene, like, oh, there's going to be a sequel to this. Never. Nothing. No range. shot. If I could give this movie any compliment, it's that the CGI was decent enough. It, it, was did, right. it didn't look bad. Rihanna might be the single worst actress I've ever <laughs> seen. They would have been better off taking the Violet Beauregard girl and putting her in Rihanna's role present day because <laughs> she had the charisma of a gnat. Yeah, she it's was bad. Uh, her, time, her She had the timing of pediatric cancer with her lines. It was. <laughs> (laughs) Awful. There was nothing about this movie that was redeemable. At all. It was a fucking chore, dude. dude. I was watching it in 40 minute increments because I was like, after the first 40 minutes, I'm like, all right, it's got to be like 20 minutes left. I'm like, what you mean an hour and 45 motherfucker? (laughs) And Liam Neeson is just up there with this stupid salt and pepper dyed hair delivering the same lines he's been delivering since Taken since he's just lazy with his movies now. And I I love Liam Neeson, but he's been phoning it in since Taken. Like every role he takes is just another role from Taken. Well, the,
0: the last time he was truly fantastic was Raza al Ghul, I would think
1: he was really he was good in taken taken and well, um, I'm was saying, the, like, gray, the, the gray the gray wasn't the bad the gray was pretty cool um, yeah. but, um, but outside of thing, that man. yeah he did that. taken on a plane once like it, it's, non-stop Bob yeah, and I went to, go to see it dude. then there was taken on a train taken on a train Every the most recent one uh, son taken by heroin that's when he did <laughs> <laughs> He drives oh, a snowplow yeah, taken in the yeah, snowplow right. whatever it was called
0: I was, I, it's, uh, it's the remake of Ice Road I,
1: I truly didn't know what they were trying to accomplish with this movie because Battleship it's you battling against another military. In this one, it's the U.S. military that's trying to go to other planets to uh, inhabit, and aliens show up, and they're like,
3: hey, don't you do that. uh, Is Battleship a... uh... A Hasbro property? Do you yes, think they it's were, based so, on the board game. So yeah, you I'm think a... that they were just trying to cash in on all the success of the early uh, Transformers movies?
1: Yeah, I, w- I would oh, think you could so. It's sure. very. If you told me this was made by Michael Bay, so, I would have believed you. It's so, very Michael Bayish because so, things are just
0: exploding, dude. So th- there's there's one part in the movie that still cracks me up is when um, all the like the modern battleships are they're destroyed. Everything like everything's fucked up. The guys literally they have no ship to fight the aliens with. Everything's doomed. And then they find they have this one battleship that they old oh, from like ni- 1945. Yeah, yeah. That was retired, the USS and, Arizona, and uh, <laughs> and and like all the original sailors just start randomly popping up. And Cuba like, Gooding uh, from Pearl Harbor <laughs> shows up. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, peeling potatoes. Like, you just see him like they're sitting on the crow's nest. They're yeah. What you're describing
3: to me is an actual scene taken out of uh, Tom Arnold's McHale's Navy. Yeah, no, yeah.
0: you're wait, absolutely wait, wait. right. <laughs> Here's the best part, right? So the, I forget the guy's they name. Sued, but that was, that they was dude sued from, t-
3: Tom Arnold sues them.
0: That was the dude from uh, what? Uh, John Connor. When yeah, John Carter. Yeah, Taylor
1: Kitch. Klitsch is his name. Yeah.
0: Uh, so he walks. He was terrible. By the way. He, he walks up to the commanding officer of the retired naval battleship and he goes, sir, can we borrow your ship? And you know what he said?
1: <laughs> you know what he said? We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs>
0: like, like they the just best blatantly part, ripping off they, other movies. They have, this, they have one missile left. It's They have one fucking missile left, and the cannon that it's loaded in does not work. It got destroyed, so they have to carry it. Was it Randy the, Quaid? Gun, like, what the fuck? He's the to, last one? To, to, the, to the next gun that's on the other side of the ship, and they take six guys to carry a 10-ton nuke across <laughs> this battleship to fucking shoot it at. Dude, it is one of the funniest, stupidest movies. I, I, I it find it definitely to be hilarious. Like, I,
1: I think if I watched it again, I'd be able to laugh at it more, but I was sitting there just thinking... What were they thinking? It's
0: it's honestly hard. Like when you think about it, like uh, like a real studio said, yeah, let's put this. Like down. I
1: know, like a movie that you like that's bad. That I it's not as bad as this, but it's bad and you love it. Was Battle of Los Angeles? I love it. Battle of Los Angeles was a fucking ten compared to this piece of shit. It, yeah, <laughs> I serious. would I would rather watch the 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 shower scene from Schindler's List on repeat than watch another twenty <laughs> minutes of this movie again. You
0: no, know, it's fine. I love Aaron Eckhart in Battle L.A. and he hates himself in it. So yeah,
1: well I I, I think that's one of those movies that they really thought was gonna be like the next. Independence Day, and it just could have been, the, man. Ed, the editing was the biggest problem. Dude, with it really could have been. It uh, was good. I, so, if I'm going to give Battleship a ranking, um, it sunk my Battleship. <laughs> so, it, it, it's it's a, a half out of, t- out of five. That's a fine. half out of five. Um, I appreciate you giving me something bad because I do appreciate bad movies. This would make for a great Riff Tracks Live it really because would. there was no coherence to this movie At whatsoever. All.
0: So, now we're going to the album that yes. you gave me. You gave me Incubus's Make Yourself. Correct. Dude. Honestly, I it, it's not being a big Incubus fan and really just diving in. Sure. From the first track, privilege, I, was like, privilege. Yeah, I was like, okay, this is been, come, came out in 1999. Yeah, dude. Immediately, it sounds like, it, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. If this came out today, it sounds like it came out in 1999. Yeah. So, that being said, just to go down the line, Privilege, I gave a 7. Nowhere fast. I gave a 5. Yep. Consequences, 5. The warmth, 6. When it comes, a 4. Not... That one, that's one of my,
1: probably my least favorite song Yeah,
0: on Stellar was a 5 Make Yourself was a 7 Drive is a 10 Drive is a, a perfect it's song It's a timeless classic yeah. Clean is a 7 Battlestar uh, I can't pronounce it But it's, it's like Battlestar Galactica Yeah yeah Scatter- whatever Yeah Gave that an 8 yeah. Very different I liked it man It was pretty cool uh, I Miss You is a 6 Pardon Me is an 8 And Out From Under is a 7 Pardon Me is fire dude That's yeah. a fucking badass song Pardon Me is a lot of fun Um, Obviously like I said Drive She's is like a He's like rapping high- in the song Yeah it's a time I see the- When you met I As soon as you Said that I immediately thought of when you said Lincoln Park, yeah. The,
1: the rapping, the DJ, um, their bass player is phenomenal. The Absolutely. bass is carrying half the songs, um, and his voice, Brandon Boyd, vocally is unbelievable. He's a very
0: underrated uh frontman because you don't hear a lot about well, the biggest now. Well, the they, biggest problem like is because the band for the new well, in, in that era, their music.
1: first three albums and four, if you include the EP Fungus Among Us, which is very difficult to find. Um, the first three, if you're just counting those full length albums, are phenomenal. Science, Make Yourself, and my favorite one is actually the one after this is Morning View. That's what you telling me about that. Because yeah. Science is very heavy. This one go- is has heavy songs, and then it yes. kind of slows down a little bit, like right. Stellar, I Miss You, and things like that. And then Make Your or Morning View is-, is the one that had um, Pins and Needles on it and shit like that. Um, I wish you were here. Morning, right. little- Morning, yeah, Morning is a fucking amazing I love song. That, fucking song dude. that one is actually my favorite album. I do think Make Yourself is technically better, but Morning. It- uh, Morning View to me is their most technically sound album yeah. and complete and then it kind of goes downhill from so, there and so, they haven't put out a good album s- 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 since Morning View yeah, they've they had, had a, couple, like a couple of good singles um, off of a yeah, pro left of the murder a couple good and singles then, and, Um, Light Grenades had a couple good songs on it and yeah. Amali wasn't bad Dig was a really good song and then it's just Oil and Water's good too yeah Oil and Water but then every album after that is unlistenable so
0: so let me say this too I, I had a very like there were a couple songs I was listening to and I'm like I I've, I've almost felt like I was listening to the Red Hot Chili Peppers
1: yeah oh voice. there's well because I think that's the base it, it, it's, he has a lot of flea well, feel because he does a lot of like pulls and uh it was a lot of that. But it was a lot
0: of like because Anthony Kiedis is actually a pr- he's a good singer and like I feel like does both unique under things appreciate. with his voice. Yeah, that's, that's what it felt like to me. But um I give this album just to, just to play it safe because I'm still not a big a- sure, big sure. Mess, but I'm I'm intrigued now. Yeah, um, I give this definitely a six out of ten. It's, I actually it's a, think it's you'd a good li- album. I think
1: you'd like Morning View better. I actually think you'd really like Science because Science yeah, is a fucking rager.
0: It's oh that's that's the it's metal album It's a fucking rager, dude. Movie. Yeah, I would. I'll check that out like i said that's something i want to go a little deeper they're with because- a really
1: easy band to listen to like yeah, you could just put them on they have a couple songs that are like jam bands mm-hmm. josh do me a favor in the so- background quick while we're finished up put on um are you in incubus yeah, so
0: i was um i was like playing mlb the show and shit like that and i just had it on my headphones and i got through the first four tracks without realizing i got through the first four yeah tracks. dude you listen it to it
1: and you're like this this song like for me this is a song like i picture a bunch of dude like friends sitting in a fucking <laughs> circle and passing around a joint. Well, that that comes after the joint. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing's better than a good old circle jerk once you have a little THC in you. Um, We've all been there, right? Um, Like this song to me is like a jam band song. They actually have like a bit of a sublime sound sometimes. Sublime, maybe a little 311. Yeah, uh, Mighty Muddy Boss Tones at times without the the instrumentals. But this song to me is like a jam band song. I just picture hanging out, uh, circle jerk again. I, I keep saying circle. I'm like, we're just talking about jerking each other off. But
0: I, I get a very grateful Dead vibe. Out of there this. is,
1: there is that. Well, it, they kind of come off like a jam band in yes. a lot of cases. But his voice, Braden Boyd, the things he can do with, like I said, hitting a third octave—it's hard. It, it's, there's very few people in modern like, music that can do that.
0: Uh, cor- do he does the it at
3: the beginning the, the the first the intro on uh, on Warning. Yeah, that is fucking like yeah, you get chills. Like he is so. Oh yeah, good. his
1: voice is is powerful. Like I hear this and I'm just like. Like, it's a summer song. I would hang. Dude, like, I could just jam to this kind of shit. I, I'm about I, I, it. I,
0: w- I would play some gear pong to this. Yeah, That'd dude, it's fun. it's
1: killer, man. The, like I said, if you take those first three Incubus albums, you can make a, a greatest hits out of 30 songs between
3: them. This is and very sublime. Yeah, dude. Dude, dude, this song makes me nuts. I can't wait. I ordered uh, the
0: Hopper shirt this weekend. On <laughs>
1: <gifts>. <laughs> okay, so you can cu- cut the song. Let's talk Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I finish up Stranger Things. Um,
0: did I, you finished up too? I yeah, yeah he
1: yeah, finished
3: okay. up. You guys were finished yeah, before I, got, uh, I was. I got fucking uh, you, you, spoiled you, you by uh, by week. Google. Yeah, because you looked up the shirt. I was looking for the shirt that Hopper wears in the season, and then the first thing comes up. I said. Hopper season 3 and then it goes dead question mark and I'm like what the fuck Okay
1: so first and foremost let's get it out of the way he is not dead No nah, no shot nah. no he's not because that scene after the credits where the American and then I don't know if you saw that um the phone number for the conspiracy theorist guy from the other guys <laughs> Chris what? her name's christina that guy um you can actually <laughs> call you can actually call that number and it's a voicemail from him where he said Joyce please call me back I have some intri- uh, information for you that's very important What else could he be talking about? So it's a matter of how they're going to do it. And my guess is the next season, because the kids are getting older so fast, it's going to be like high school graduation or going off to college reunion. Um, Then it's like pushing into the early 90s kind of era. But the thing I loved about this season, and I would say it's on par – and maybe even slightly better than season one. It's definitely better than season two. And I like season two. But season two had that whole weird thing with Elle going off doing her own that ended up being a nothing burger. That That, that, that one
0: episode where season what, Chicago or something? Yeah, it
1: was a nothing burger. So this season, what I loved about it, and it was probably the most fun I had in any season. The first season might be better from a, a writing standpoint, but it was such a love letter to 80s horror and 80s action. Um, there were references to Terminator, Day of the Dead, um, uh, Back to the Future. Um, if you go a little bit further in the 90s, the whole scene in the last episode with the monster, the the mind flayer in there, that was Jurassic Park when they're hiding from the T-Rex and yep. the raptor and shit. Um, they did such a good job and the thing Stranger Things to me does better than almost any show on TV is making every character they introduce in a new season important. And giving them depth. And the way they handled uh, Steve and whatever the girl's name Robin. was. Um, uh, Uma Thurman and Ethan. Robin. Robin, yeah. The whole thing with her telling, her that, telling him that she's gay. And the way he responded to him, like, that was really good writing because Mm -hmm. it didn't need to be a focal point of the story. It was just this little antidote that fit perfectly. And the way they've written Steve since season one, where he was the piece of shit scumbag to now probably being the most universally loved outside of uh, Hopper Mm -hmm. is incredible. And uh, the whole season was just phenomenal. I thought that
3: what they did with Billy was brilliant. Yeah, Yeah, He he had the perfect redemption right at the end. There was no way with how much of a gumbag he was. I wish he got two. to fuck Mrs. Wheeler. Yeah, dude, me <laughs> too. Mrs. Wheeler needed to get fucked. Yeah. it. it <laughs> yeah. just the way that they wrote him this season is, uh, you know, you can't really do anything with him because you know he's such a piece of shit. Yeah. I mean, like, you, he, well, they, you'd have to come up with some
0: whole arc for him to be absolutely. redeemed. And the way they did it in just a little two minute flashback
1: Mm -hmm. was perfect
0: yeah I love that whole sequence and the part where they put him in the steam room and and like he like he becomes aware like the mind flare lets him go for a second He goes, I'm sorry Max he made me do it it's like really gut wrenching yeah yeah and then
1: just that he sacrificed him at the self at the end because I don't think it would have been worth turning him to the next Steve where he's like the big brother I think that was perfect and tied it off perfectly Um, the only character that kind of annoyed me and she was supposed to be was uh, the the little girl that was helping them get through the the, the airways uh, Die hard. That was a Die Hard reference. Was, uh, her going through there. Wait, Another eighties reference. It's, uh, Lucas's sister. Lucas's sister. Yeah. She, She's was suppo- hilarious, she was though, supposed. She was supposed. No, she definitely made me laugh a couple times. She was supposed to be annoying, so that's not a, a thing that sticks out for me. But um, it was awesome. It was a perfect season. Uh, it was emotional at the end. I didn't yeah. cry or anything, but I was. I felt emotional. Yeah, but I felt the it. way they wrote that letter. And I need to get into this now because. Um, an actress that is quickly becoming among my least favorite people is Evan Rachel Wood. I don't oh, know if you guys this. saw what she said about. I saw. So I saw. she was complaining about uh, the character of Hopper and how it's a bad representation, and now, you should never look for a man like him now, because his anger, his his short temper. Now,
0: now, now, let me just—I want to say this too because I was very. Upon my initial watch, I was very taken aback of what, how Hopper just progressed and went just balls to the wall. Basically, John McClane. Sure, you know yeah. what I mean. Like, like where he has Jones's finger in. in the fucking yeah in the, in the cigar cutter. Like he just he just took no bullshit this season, and I kind of liked it. Yeah, and also like I think you said it best was like. Everything he went through in the first two seasons, it's only so much you can handle, even as, like, us as human beings, until you snap at some point. And,
1: and listen, so the thing is, like, she points out his anger and his temper, and it's one of his character traits, right? Never hit a woman that we know of. Obviously, it's a fucking TV show. They're not going to go into his high school relationship where he smacked his girlfriend. Um... But she doesn't. She looks at that and not the point that he lost a daughter to cancer, ruined his marriage, he sacrificed his life. He almost died last season when he went to the underground to try and figure out what was going on. He saves these kids he doesn't even know. He adopts Elle, who would have been just sent back to a government lab and experimented on. A selfless person taking care of a, a woman whose child's missing. And you want to point out that he has a little bit of rage. Shut the fuck up. I, if, we, if we really want to talk about this, bitch, how many people are you going to kill in Westworld Season 3? If you really want to play it like that. Yeah, you're not yeah. a human in Westworld but how many people are you just murdering because yeah, you, you're because you a robot and you're angry about it. Shut the fuck dude, up. In 13, you were 13 years old blowing adults. So if you really want to play that game, you also dated Marilyn Manson. So let's not please talk about moral standards here right. if you're Evan Rachel Wood. It's so fucking irritating that these adults have to make a serious issue out of a, a science I fiction dude, show. Out
0: of nothing, really. Yeah. Like, you're just, you're just clamoring for, for Oh, it's, it's me, me, like, me. Like, look what I said and that's... I yeah, just, and... Annoying.
1: going back to your point about Billy um, and this was a point for me that really made me happy was I, I. we talked about how in the first episode they go to see Day of the Dead and be, again that's one of my favorite horror movies ever but the score for Day of the Dead was littered throughout the season in the, the flashback scenes when Elle was seeing what was going on that was the score from fucking Day of the Dead and when uh, Steve was talking to Robin that was the score from Day of the Dead and for me I'm like holy shit and then obviously the big one that I can't believe I forgot the Terminator shit was awesome. I was like, "This is literally term- when he's walking through the park or the carnival, and he shoots that poor guy." Uh, what was his name? Uh, Smirnoff. Smirnoff. Yeah, he doesn't like strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a phenomenal season. Uh, again, on par with season one, if not slightly better. Um Close, I, I, for sure. I, I think they should take like two years off, then go back, let the kids get a little bit older, and I don't think they need to do any more than one, maybe two more seasons. I would because, say one more. Year, yeah, okay. it, one more, maybe two, but I think one. I th- honestly think it's gonna be one more because the rumor is now Millie Bobby Brown is signing on for um, the uh, Eternals. I know she's denied it, but she's going to be part of the MCU now, which is going to take up a huge chunk of her time. Yeah. Yep. Mike Finn Wolfhard is everywhere. He's in Ghostbusters, uh, the new one that they're making. I,
0: he's, he's touring with his band, California. Yeah, exactly. Like that. I think he's playing
1: uh, Egon, Harold Ramus's son in Ghostbusters. That was cool. I th- and I think Carrie Coon is playing his uh, widowed wife, I, which it, is really fucking cool. I'm into that because he'll be a very good replacement because he's a wise ass like Harold Ramis was in yeah. Ghostbusters. Speaking
0: of this season, I, I really like Max as a character, when they yeah. introduced her last season and then into this season. Like, I like the whole dynamic of, like, Elle becoming, like, an actual kid again. Yeah. Well, I
1: thought it was cool to let her have independence. Yeah. It was pretty cool. There was uh, Mall Rats references in this one, too. I'm going through the mall. There was just a ton of stuff. When Steve and Robin were fucking high off their ass, I was howling, laughing. No, in the bathroom. It was just though. a really, really good season. And uh, it's it, it's, it's very much in the conversation for the best television show going, I, I would say. say. Yeah, for um, sure. I think it's fair. Um, it's I, awesome. I did see Spider Man this week. Did. Did you? Um, I so I went. So, you can say what so um, I me and the care. landlord decided to go to the drive-in Wednesday night because it was like a beautiful night out. Yeah, and we're going to go see Toy Story, and then God bless the landlord because at the, as we're pulling up to get our ticket, she's like, "Do you want to just see Spider-Man?" I'm like, "Yes." It's like I'm not against seeing Toy Story. I would have been fine with it. I like yeah. Toy Story, but I needed to see Spider-Man. Fucking awesome! It's it. I mean. Tom Holland is the, the perfect Peter Parker. Uh, Zendaya is awesome. I can't say enough good things about her. Between this and Euphoria, she's in the conversation for one of the best actresses and act- Dude, actors in general. I'm going.
3: blown away by like the last couple of things I've seen her. In. Her depth, her Even depth, depth is her, phenomenal. Her, her her very small part in the OA, yeah, yeah, is just yeah. You're absolutely right. She was in
1: season two of the OA. Her depth is phenomenal. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal was great. Uh, Samuel Jackson. With the big reveal at the end, you see why he was playing a little bit differently as Nick Fury, and then the big reveal mid credits. Um, I don't want to spoil no, it for I, you. No, no, I already know. Um, what's with J- J- Jonah Jameson, phenomenal. He's Alex Jones. It's it's, well, it's, a a, complete... it's uh, J K Simmons. Yeah, it's J K Simmons. Like who was probably the best thing Dude. about the Sam Raimi movies yeah. consistently. He was, he's,
0: he's one of the funniest. When like Elizabeth Dude, Banks, I, I don't think you get anyone
1: else to play those characters. Dude, that, that, that character. No.
0: I, I lo- that's like Elizabeth Banks. where they kept calling him when he's in the. It's like your wife called. It says uh, says that there's a gas leak. Thanks for the great news. Yeah. Phone.
1: I don't think anyone but. else could play that character. Like it's such a he does it so perfectly mm-hmm. and personifies it perfectly. And now that they modernized it to be like the Infowars thing, it well, was awesome. They, and then that completely changes the landscape well, of the MCU. They yeah. um, uh, they
0: do the same thing in the Spider Man video game, where like yeah, well, it was like Infowars in exactly. the Spider Man video game,
1: right? Um, but uh, Marvel hit another home run with this one. I gotta watch it. It's, man. I'm into. I it. I mean, these, I'll probably
0: wait till it comes out. It,
1: it was it was fantastic. I can't say a single complaint about it. And uh, the. The supporting cast. I usually hate G- J. B. Smoove. He was really funny in it for a small part. Martin Short was really funny in it. Not Martin Short. Martin Starr. Martin Starr. Um, from Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, Martin Short was not in it. Um, uh, let's go uh, ahead.
3: I just realized something. What's up? You guys never gave each other picks.
0: Oh, that's right. We didn't.
1: All right. Let's get to our. Let's do this first, then we'll do our picks. Um, let's give a shout out to our boys at Lobo Sound. If you're thinking about advertising, there's only one place you should call, and that's Lobo Sound. If you need a website, you should call Lobo Sound. Lobo Sound's world-renowned commercial production and website construction in English, Spanish, and Polish have made Lobo Sound a fixture in the Chicago radio and digital advertising communities. But Lobo Sound isn't limited to Chicago. Uh. Alaska, Atlanta, Toronto, Toledo, Hawaii, New Jersey, New York, Montecito, California. Wherever you are, Lobo Sound has your back. Lobo Sound helps you reach your target market effectively and affordably. Reach who you want to reach, when you want to reach them, on all devices and applications. For more information, call Lobo Sound at 630-244-9704. That's 630-244-9704. Or Or you could visit them at Mm lobosound.com. That's www.lobosound.com. And if you mention you watch, I listen, you will get a 10% discount. So visit them at lobosound.com or call at 630-244-9704.
0: Now, guess what, Bros and bros. What up? Fudge and Finn's hashtag Shots for Likes podcast is bringing video into the mix. Not only can you continue to listen on iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher, you will now be able to watch them stream their episodes every Saturday night Eastern Standard Time. Bow, bow. <laughs> Your favorite booze-consuming podcast will be discussing sports, video games, and embarrassing drunken stories streaming on Twitch, YouTube, and Mixer. Go to these links uh, when I say them and <laughs> Go type to these websites. And uh, enjoy the assholery. Twitch.tv slash shots podcast, Mixer.com slash shot likes or visit shots and click the YouTube icon up top to watch them on YouTube. Or go to cakefarts.com and don't remember and always remember drink with us and don't, don't be All
1: right. Um, I had another person that was having a worse week than us, but I actually like this guy. Um but he passed away this week. Uh acting legend, uh robbed of an Oscar for his performance in Freddie Got Fingered. None other than Mr. Rip Torn. <laughs> um Patches of hooligan another one that should have won a, an award, uh, Men in Black. He uh he's been around a long time. Barry Sanders Show. Barry Sanders, so Larry Sanders show. That's what I get for fucking napping. Um, yeah, Rip Torn was a riot, he was a crazy person, uh, broke into a bank thinking it was his home when he was drunk, uh, yeah, I was bummed, I can always think about him and Freddy Got Finger just screaming and being out of, out of his fucking mind, um, right, let's do our picks, dude.
0: Alright, so do you want me to go first? Josh? Yeah. Okay, Okay. cool, so... Um, I texted you about this band yes, yesterday. Yes, you did. Because I wanted you to go a little bit deeper into it. But I'm going to give you uh, Architects.
1: Maybe guys should fucking braid it, not...
0: It <laughs> so I'm going to give you Architects. All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us. All uh, Our Gods Have Abandoned Us. The last album I gave you was Holy Hell. That was the tribute to the yes. now deceased guitar player, Tom Serrell. Um This was the last album he was working on. Um, but he was working on it as he was sick. Okay. So, um, I re- that it had does- to be it, fun. It doesn't he
1: wearing a funny hat? <laughs>
0: no. But um, I, I, I want you to... Uh, take a close or listen closely to the song "Gone with the Wind" or "Gone, yeah, Gone with the Wind" on uh, "All Our Guys Have Abandoned Us." I'll tell you, Us, frankly, my
1: dear. I you don't, don't give, give a damn. No,
0: <laughs> nah, it's um, it's really, really, um, it's really weird and it's haunting knowing that what he was going through with all his treatment and his cancer treatment while he was writing this record. Sure, uh, it's the heaviest record of their entire discography, and in my opinion, it's an absolute masterpiece. Cool. Um, but it's it's haunting once you read some of these lyrics and like knowing what he was. I like going doing through. that with certain things just because yeah. I
1: can get a better idea well, of what it's supposed to be. Because when
0: this album came out, no one really knew he was sick except for like, gotcha. the band, the immediate people. And doctor and knowing but like I said and then knowing what we know now and reading what he was writing it's really haunting okay you know I got I mean? yeah that's it's, like
1: it's it's something that's similar to that um, when we were me and the landlord were driving back last night I was just shuffling through music and Soundgarden came, at, came on and it was a song like Suicide and I'm like a yeah, little right. weird now and then Jesus Christ Pose came on and I'm like yeah. maybe it, it has a different connotation now right
0: yeah it's it just it's, it's, it's weird knowing what you know now and knowing at the time period what was happening yeah so yeah for sure but yeah uh, architects, all our gods have abandoned us. Cool.
1: All right, so movie I'm giving you, I actually texted you about to, I was actually going to give you a different movie at first, and then when I woke up and I was just flipping through the channels and this movie was on, and this is one that got critical acclaim. It did decently well on a low budget. Uh, this movie is called Contagion. Uh, it's from okay. Steven Soderbergh, who's one of the leading directors in independent film of all time. Um, it, it's an ensemble cast. I can actually claim this is the one movie with Jude Law that I really like outside of Road to Perdition. Okay. Jude Law is not the star. It is a full-on ensemble cast. You have Matt Damon, Brian Cranston, Kate Winslet, uh, Marion Cotard, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, a to-who's-who of people you will recognize, and what this movie's about is about what a pandemic or epidemic would actually be like in real life is it like uh, the, uh, out with
0: that movie Outbreak similar like but Panic. way more realistic yeah, right. um,
1: he consulted with CDC officials World Health Organization officials about what this would actually how this would actually go down if this was happening in today's world right. and it's filmed in a very intimate way where it almost feels like a mock uh, I almost said mockumentary a documentary right. um, and it's for not being a horror movie it's downright terrifying because yeah. you realize how, Gwyneth Paltrow is in it as well there's a shit ton of people in this and you see how quickly society collapses yeah. uh, to go to looting to not being able to take care of people and if this actually happened how it would really go down Right, it's sombering it's terrifying it's an incredibly well done movie it ties together multiple characters and storylines beautifully mm. and it, it's very. It'll, you'll sit there and I know you like these kind of movies that like almost like how the newsroom was supposed to be based in reality secession is kind of based in reality sure. this is based in reality cool. there's nothing science fiction about this this is exactly how it would go it's been oh. praised by the scientific yeah. community um, they go into how the uh, virus came to be mm. and everything so you're really getting the scientific explanations of it uh, it's an awesome movie it's definitely going to leave you sitting there like I hope I'm dead when this happens. (laughs) So I hope if I get it, I die quick. Uh, Bring out your dead. Uh, So my pick for you this week is Contagion. I'm
0: not dead.
1: All right. So we got some stuff this week. Um, Do you see this this guy that's gone viral this week?
0: Oh, yeah. The Bagel Boss guy.
1: All right. Videos. Go ahead. You can play it, Josh. Um, The video... When it first came Dude, out, it's been
0: everywhere in the last week. Okay, so we're gonna go into that.
1: Yeah. I, I, I need to watch it again because the video is fucking hilarious. No matter what I say about this, the video is fucking hilarious. So this guy's all what five feet tall? Maybe. He kind of he's built like Joe Pesci, <laughs> um, but not as cool. And he's dressed like he just shopped at Kmart with his best Kmart kickers. Here we go. Go ahead, turn yeah. this on. Why is it okay for women to say, "Oh, you're five feet on dating?" Site? Because you are you stupid. Should be dead? You should That's be.
3: Okay.
0: Yes. Yes, it is. It's, it's an, it's an observation.
3: Women in general have said it on dating sites. You think I'm making that shit up? <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I believe I you
1: are. Look at his New Balance shoes. Lip. Oh,
0: there's
1: Reebok. There's Reebok. Shut
0: your mouth. No, they're father, <laughs> 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 Okay.
2: That part I fucking
3: died at That's, when I heard it the first time. Outside. Yeah, I you would want to step outside, outside.
0: dude. Huh? I'm not standing, pal. Dude, I don't know what I would like, do. I would just fucking drop him <laughs> Yeah. Dude choke
1: his ass right the fuck out This guy with hair like me took him down and,
0: No, so like it's just one of those things where it's like I put myself in that situation Like You'd Knock him the fuck out. It's the second he bumped into me. I would have fucking knocked him out the second he. The second oh, this is he
3: another got, angle the second yeah. No, no, it's the, it's part two.
1: Oh wait I didn't know there was a, is he still going off after he got taken yeah. out? Yeah. I didn't see this. <laughs> I feel like I've been to this bagel shop too. Boss bagel in Long Island? This is Long Island. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I have an and uncles that live out there. You know what? Fuck your
3: fucking brother. He didn't even get his bagel. No, no, watch. He goes back to it. I bet you he got a salt bagel.
0: Dude, I got, oh, I got a he, he, goes, dude, he goes, he goes. You know what?
3: Fuck this breakfast. And he throws it on the ground. He starts walking away. and turns back around. And goes, you know what? I'm gonna take my breakfast.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna show you. You probably, Go got, a, you probably got a girl
3: bagel. Oh, who yeah. wants that? He's like, now
1: let me get a cannoli. <laughs> dude, he has such a fucking like Napoleon yeah, complex. Yeah, like, of course he has. His He's wearing a shirt from Big and Tall because it's covered his genitals entirely. I, okay.
0: I, I don't necessarily understand. Like, what, okay. So my question is, what said him? Off? Because he said that he
1: they couldn't the, the I guess the women he's the women behind the counter said they couldn't hear him and then they were giggling and he's like they were making jokes about me. All right. Are they? So I <laughs> this one. is but this is what's bothering me. Can I, before we start this one, yeah. okay. So I don't know if you guys saw his YouTube channel before. I so he's no. deleted it since then I didn't even know. because there were videos on his personal YouTube channel where he was doing similar things in like Seven Elevens with his friends recording me. I don't believe this guy. I believe that he says these things in private and his friends actually said to him, dude, you'll go viral like this. And I think what happened in there is that he wanted to cause a scene, and what I would call in wrestling terms is that he worked himself into a shoot. He wasn't expecting to get laid out. And now he's on the fucking news. He was on WFAN. He's on all the radio stations. Gio was talking about him. Dude, he's a fucking divorcee who's 50-something, who's 5 feet tall, who lives in his fucking van, and people are admiring this guy. I'm tired of making
0: stupid people famous. Like, admiring him for what, Exactly.
1: That's my point. You're admiring a guy that's bordering on homeless. He is homeless. He's a fucking drifter. And he's like, yeah. wonder know why he went back and got his bagel because that was his salary for the fucking week.
0: Dude, it, it just sounds like to me because like, I know a lot of people, a lot of older, a lot of older gentlemen that, that, that um that are like this. They they take zero responsibility for anything. That it's they, every th- woman's it's fault that you're every a fucking person's fault. listen. Listen, do I agree can we all agree that there are shallow women out sure, there that'll look at you and like nah. a shallow men? He's you know talking know about I mean? he just wanna bang fatties. That's but, what you're gonna get, dude. But my whole point is listen, dog, if you don't have any game if you have the slightest bit of game, it doesn't even matter. He's a border an autistic But what I'm saying. Wait, come on. But what I'm saying is like that's just a, that's just such a stupid thing to say, even women in general women who, who in said general? that to you, dude, stupid you could just tell by
1: his personality he's someone that is impossible to get a point across with because that's how he feels But again, I I really found this funny for the first few days. And then after the third day when it's still all everyone's talking about and they're like, oh, dude, he's great. No, he's a guy that his friends coerced him. And I don't believe half these people that go viral anymore because he's getting he's getting paid off this now. He's going to have a book next. He's going to have a podcast where he talks about what women say to him on dating apps. He's probably lying about his height on Tinder. Hundred percent. Going to see these women who think he's like five six. He doesn't probably say he's six foot. I'm five six, and they get there, and he's fucking five foot. He's the size of Danny DeVito without the charm. Like Danny DeVito at least Dana looks. Always funny. Danny DeVito looks like a troll, and you could find that appeal. He looks like a real troll doll. <laughs> and this guy, what does he have? He lives in a fucking van
0: down by the river. <laughs> Literally, no, it's it's one of the like I just it's just, he like the second he starts talking I I literally just like he when he gets in the guy's face and he goes he you're got, not God my father or, or my boss, boss. What
1: a fuck? he should have gotten knocked out within the within that instant and he's calling himself the this is why I think it's a troll you're speckle. not
0: my grandmother you're not my grandmother you're not grandmother. my you're not
1: my second cousin you're, you're not, not my, my, my landlord twice removed <laughs> you're not my night shift supervisor but, but there's a lot of people you're not <laughs> my exterminator <laughs> he's gonna, you're not the ice cream man that gives me the chip. He just starts saying things. <laughs> he just yeah. he's just listing things. You're not the gas
0: company. You're, you're not, not the, Squeak.
1: You're not my shoe salesman. Dude, that's
0: what he is. He's fucking Squeak. Yeah, that's what he's he is. literally
1: squeak. He's squeak. He looks like Squeak in <laughs> basketball. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He he's does. Squeak. I'm just so fucking tired of people going viral. And this is why I fully think it's a troll because he called himself the modern day Martin Luther King that's just stupid. that's just like that's such a lazy line and again I'm not saying that those videos you can find these videos funny but if you think this guy is 100% authentic you're full of no, shit and if he not. is 100% authentic people should Ooh. ignore him because he's just an asshole well
0: that, that's the that's the problem the internet, the internet it, dude he's gonna so be so on fake. reality
1: shows now he's gonna be on Big Brother and Colucci's gonna tell us about how good of a game planner he was on the show <laughs> he's gonna tweet about it Bagel Boss Guy had a great game plan to not get voted <laughs> off this week
0: no, but I've, no I've, I've, he didn't I've, I've been there because I have I have in Long Island and yeah. I've been to that one it, dude, it's a great place. I heard
1: it's great I'm just so fucking tired of it and yeah he deleted his YouTube page once people discovered yeah, it yeah
0: of course because people found that he's a fucking yeah he funny. was
1: in 7-Eleven just yelling at two random people that were there that he's getting made fun of but it's I, just... I
0: mean, and I take the real part into it like any normal human being especially when I say male because that's just what happens but the second he bumps me it doesn't oh, matter know. If you're you, down dude dude if, you, if you, you get that
1: close to me it's not even bump me if you're in my my well, immediate space I'm gonna just headbutt well, well, you most the, likely well the
0: second he like the second he puts the finger on the dude's face and he goes you're not my this." he wouldn't even get women boss. in general he, the second he says boss or anything like that he's immediately going down I'm sorry dude yeah like, yeah you, you don't who the fuck are you to put a finger? Dude, in my look
1: face? at this fucking joke. He's built like a Sour Patch Kid.
0: Dude, he <laughs> like look at him. First he's sour, then he's still he's sour. A, he's a
1: Sour Patch cunt. He's a Sour Patch douche. <laughs> oh, I fucking hate him. I I'm, I do want to try an angle to see if I can get him to call dude, in. Dude,
0: look at me shaped like a Hershey Kiss. Look, uh, look, out, look, out, look, out, look how small he is. Yeah, at the he top.
1: Re- he really is. He's built like a soft serve ice cream cone. <laughs> 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 I, I, I want to see if we can get him on the show. Dude, it's dipped in and douche. I think what we should do if we can get him to call in is we do a legacy interview where you're me okay. and I'm you. I'll do it. And you just have to try saying things like me and I have to try being like you. and I used to do this back in the day. It, they actually did the Ric Flair once, okay. But instead of them switching roles, Sam came in and played Opie and E-Rock came in and was Anthony and Ric Flair was fucking pissed about it. <laughs> Which is so funny coming from Sam Roberts, who is like the biggest wrestling fan alive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just... Uh, these things that go viral, like it's just, it gets so worn out so quickly. Yeah, because man. why are the news? This is not news. Why is
0: this commanding the news co- conversation? That, that that's what annoys me. Like stuff like the bottle cap challenge is silly and fun. Where something like this, it's is, goofy. Like
1: yeah. I, I, like I get I. I don't mind those and especially when they do them like like, when I never did the ice bucket challenge like people said that if you don't do it
0: we we got challenged actually for that years ago yeah and I
1: told them I was like I'm not doing it and I'm not donating we we both I'm not doing it but I can at least understand the merit in those but like the bottle cap challenge
0: I get it it's fun it's like people are coming up with interesting ones the guy with the mullet that knocks it off with his ponytails mad fucking funny dude the funniest one is a dude in in a dude in a grocery store tries to like tries to like windmill kick it and he just misses and instead he just turns around and just kicks the shelf and knocks everything Thing down? Yeah, dude, it's,
1: it's like th- those are funny, but like when we're making assholes famous for doing nothing other nothing than being assholes or making like I think about some of the old news clips that went viral when they find the most in, Ill, uh, illiterate person possible in the ghetto, and they're funny. Like. Uh, ain't nobody got time for that like that shit oh, was right, funny yeah, hide so your sad. kids hide your wife the best one still is the leprechaun in Alabama <laughs> if everyone to find a gold, let me just say yeah <laughs> and the, probably a crackhead who got a hold of the wrong stuff <coughs> and the one guy who's directing traffic don't be scared he's got a piece of like just uh, aluminum piping and he goes this is a, a flute that brings out the leprechaun and it's this very African American gentleman uh, it's a pipe that brings out the leprechaun and it was passed down from my great great grand father who was Irish no he wasn't no he wasn't <laughs> no he wasn't no, shot. no. Um, but it's just it, it gets so worn out like if people don't realize that this is I, I think he worked himself into his shoe I, I would agree like it's, it's right
0: right when the dude grabs him it's like okay now he's like real.
1: I made a mistake I definitely think this is probably how he is but his friends just told him start making a bigger chaos yeah, in public def- because yeah. if this is what he was like all the time he would have gone viral before this years ago
0: years ago uh-huh. years ago instead of just being like those it's like those silly fucking prank right. things I fucking can't stand either.
1: Um, I went to a concert last last night Did you? Um, I went to see it was Rawa Riot which I, I wasn't really familiar Never with them they weren't it. bad yeah, uh, right. Jimmy World and Great. Third Eye Blind um, I gotta give a big shout out to a friend that I had not seen uh, this is a kid he was one year younger than me um, he sat at my lunch table in 8th grade and I kind of I took care of him and Joe Palma actually oh, wow. they were both at my lunch table <laughs> and uh, they were both younger kids and they kind of got picked on so I kind of yeah, right. I definitely fuck with them too but I took care of them oh, and because yeah, right. um, back then people didn't necessarily want to fuck with me because I was a little unhinged um, and he worked at pnc and he came by and uh, his name is jim carroll uh he hung out with me and the landlord at the concert uh so big shout out to jim great dude he moved down to florida like when we were in high school so yeah. i haven't seen him since like middle school really i feel like i may have seen him once in between there but you dude, know what i've it, discovered I,
0: I like i like doing like that happened to me last night i ran into an old friend yeah I dude it was, it was it was cool nice. man
1: he he brought us like water bottles and he didn't have to do that like Bro, i appreciate up, that right? yeah so i gotta say this um Obviously, I like going to concerts. I think anyone says I hate concerts, but you know me. I'm very, I'm a homebody. I'm very weird. I'm I get very, that, yeah. I get very like indifferent about going to things. I'll bail on concerts even when I have tickets. Sometimes, mm-hmm. um, the last two concerts I went to, which was this one, the Third Eye Blind, Jimmy Eat World, and then Silverstein, August Burns Red, is as much fun as I've had at any concert in my life. Yeah, you and you I, were
0: uh, you were having a great dude. Time I was ABR I then. was
1: jamming out at August Burns Red. Yeah, I yeah. I was fucked yeah. up. I was having a great
3: fucking time. I think but like, I'm going again. I think they're playing in the city.
1: Yeah, they are home. playing in the city. Was, yeah. yeah,
0: like you were like you were fucked up. Up, but you were maintaining a constant good buzz. Yeah, so you, dude. So, like, you weren't... I wasn't, I wasn't sloppy. Even... I even, was at my
1: birthday two years we ago. We were pacing with each other. Yeah. We were... We had You about, guys were having a good time. Yeah, yeah I think we sure. had about maybe five I or six... I was indulging in other beach. things, but... Yeah, <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, true. <laughs> but, well,
1: I'm having so much fun at concerts again, like I did when I was younger. Like, last night, not even being, like, deep with Jimmy Eat World and Third Eye Blind, but mm-hmm. liking them enough... It was. They both sounded fucking great. Mm-hmm. They played almost everything I knew. I knew almost every fucking song. Well,
0: especially with, but, with shows like that, you know, they're just gonna play a lot of hits, dude. Like, yeah, just going yeah. on tour
1: for the fun of it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, And the crowd, it was such a because it, it was a crowd that was like in our age group. They're yeah. just there to have fun well, and know, they, just they, hang they, out. They
0: grew up listening to these and bands. we got
1: killer seats, man. Like we were not we're, the we, we, we were weren't
0: not in the one. Were you in the amphitheater with, uh, with seating? Actually? Yeah,
1: we were in seating. Yeah. So where we were, you remember where we sat at at so PNC, like the first level of seating, like the tenth row. Yeah, We were so I was the second level of seating. It's I didn't so notice, nice. but I bought the handicap accessible seating, which means there was no one behind us. That's awesome. So we had that whole area you could walk through right behind us. They brought out a folding chair for the landlord because it's supposed to be a spot for a wheelchair. Yeah, right. I paid forty two dollars each for them. That's and the, awesome. The face value is one hundred and ten, and the secondary market on them was one hundred and sixty. Mm-hmm. So it was a fucking great show, and a great, again, a big shout out to Jim Carroll. I'm going back to PNC in a couple uh, next month for Slipknot. I'm bummed. Super, I can't, super. Dude, I know. I'm, I'm I You're coming, man. Josh, right? Yes. Uh, we, I
0: want to, dude. I like. I want it I want What's to sell Tyler. Like no, it's the 31st, August thirty first. It's a Saturday. It's, All right, yeah. it's, fr- 30 it's 30 a Friday first. or a
1: Saturday night. I think right. it might be a Friday night. Um, but uh, that's a really good lineup as well. Uh, so I'm super pumped for that. I'm just really having a lot of fun at concerts again. Dude,
3: it's it's been a great summer as far as shows yeah for a good me. Shows. You know? Like
0: go Killswitch. Yeah, dude. I'm sure that was a great fucking show. Yeah, no, no, I didn't.
3: I saw Killswitch with Troy. Did
0: you hear about? We were going to go see Killswitch in two weeks, but I'm sure going. Yeah,
3: Taylor's going to another concert.
0: Oh, you could say it. I don't care. Go ahead, Taylor
3: is electing to go see not nah, he's not electing to go to see I understand the reason he's why he's choosing going to. Well, Taylor I mean- is going to see John Mayer Um, I won't shit
1: on that John Mayer I, I don't love his pop stuff but on his albums The non-radio songs Aren't bad The guy's like, a good musician He's, a great, I'm, I'm he's a great guitarist He's a great guitar, And I love it I love the John Mayer Trio
0: John, He's an amazing musician John, John Mayer's albums Up until Battle Studies In my opinion Are absolutely flawless Continuum And Room for Square Specifically The only, the only two two single
1: ones. by him That I think is a legitimately Great song was Daughters And they didn't even want to Put that one on the radio That's a Daughters great fucking great. Song. Really song And
0: honestly That like, that song Gravity Take it That's for what a good you will one. Is such a great blues no, riff No
1: I, I can't shit on John Mayer uh, The fact that He's actually a musician Musician, mm-hmm. and the fact that guitarists I respect well, like the guitarist Eric I rest, the guitarist I respect the most when it comes to evaluating other guitarists is Eric Clapton because he might not be my favorite guitarist, but he is the cleanest guitarist I've ever heard in my life. And he said the three best guitarists he's ever worked with were John Mayer, mm-hmm. Jack White, and George Harrison, who doesn't get enough credit as a guitarist. Mm-hmm. Yeah and for real. And John Mayer is the John Mayer trio is a legitimately dude, great band. John Mayer's
0: live album, "Chase the Light," or no, 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 that's, that's Jimmy. No, it's, uh, 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 you gave uh, me that album a couple weeks. No, ago. No, uh, uh, "Where the Light Is," mm-hmm. I believe it is. That live album is absolutely f- with that. With honestly, with the most famous cover of "Free Falling" ever at this yeah, point. Yeah. Honestly, no, I can't.
3: That'll probably be a really
1: fun
0: show. are t- gonna get on
3: Chappelle's show. Was solid too. Oh, oh yeah, dude,
0: see, play play the he's the f- like he's like best friends with Dave
1: Chappelle. <laughs> play the fight riff, John. Play. I play also the fight riff. I also like that he's kind of an asshole. I appreciate that. Dude, like, uh, I like when people. When I, are hey, phony. he's banging
3: some of the hottest chicks
1: he in the was world banging too. banging Jennifer uh, Aniston, K-
0: Jennifer Aniston, Katy Perry, what uh, good Katy Perry, not now. But, She's still Taylor, Swift, good. Like, Taylor, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, Taylor uh, Swift. Guys, been out there. Good yeah, for him. Good for him. Dude, and
1: apparently, he loves putting it where the duty comes from.
0: <laughs> Dude, it's fu- like it's funny too because he was one of those guys. Like, it's always the thing in high school. Like, he was the nerd. He was the the weird outcast guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he's like. He's like he's like the he's like yeah. Well, that was Not um the
1: the Lady Gaga. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> she talks about how she was treated at uh, school, and specifically by the Kardashians, how they talked to her yeah. and everyone. Like her teachers telling her she would never amount to anyth- anything. Anything yeah. <laughs> that that went really well, well for them, didn't well, it? She
0: had one of the most like she had one of the best years as far as like, oh, entertainment dude, she, wise. She dude, like, she like, she, a tr- tri- a she is a true triple threat, just like Justin Timberlake. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we, we
0: wanted to, oh, we we to remove
1: all of Kaluchi's draft picks from our fantasy team. For that. <laughs> speaking, speaking, you tried to and you couldn't. <laughs>
0: speaking <laughs> of Justin Timberlake, I you actually, locked I yourself the, out of the league. Yeah. I watched The Social Network this morning. Okay, great. I better do, that has and one like, of the best scores to dude, a movie ever. And Justin Timberlake is so douchey. Like, that's the only time I could say as an actor he was actually pretty good because I hated his character. Yeah,
1: well, you're kind of supposed to, man. Not,
0: well, because he was the fucking piece of shit. Well, we're supposed after.
1: to be getting a call from uh, hip hop extraordinaire, uh, controversial rap figure Zuby soon. Yeah, just um, to say the least. Yeah, so I'm interested to talk with him specifically well, about um, why he he's in the news. I've actually been really intrigued by his social media over the last few months since yeah. he kind of blew up because I cool. agree with his hardline stance on things that um, this this thought bubble that he feel that he feels people think he has to be in and it especially happens in the African American community where if you're, you're you're not black enough or you're not voting democrat and shit like that what happened to freedom of th- thought, freedom of choice? It's and everyone has to fall into a bubble. Wait, did
0: you Did you see when he uh, he identified as a woman? And well, I,
1: the- that's that's why he started getting controversial because he said he, he identified as a woman and he broke the deadlift. He record he was for doing a, a deadlift. He's like, right now I'm identifying as a woman, attempting to break the deadlift record held by a woman,
0: and he did it. He's like, I got it. Did he it's- did it? He he picks it up puts it down walks dude away. i have the bench press
1: record for a toaster oven <laughs> yeah. i was choosing to identify as a toaster oven at that point
0: <laughs> isn't it sad that
1: like saying this is considered controversial cuz you're not not you're knocking people that choose to identify you can i i truly don't care what you want to identify as i, I don't give a, give a shit, shit. I care if people are treating you poorly, but you should also not be treating people poorly because they don't conform to what you believe is a lifestyle. As long as you're not hurt. I don't give a fuck, man. Do you? Be happy, man. Um, Speaking of concerts, did you hear about Lil Wayne this week?
0: Well, I was literally about to bring that up. Go for it. Please please bring it up. So while we wait for our call, which I wouldn't
1: be surprised if it doesn't happen because we just have terrible scheduling issues. It just happens.
0: Yeah. um, So it was reported earlier this week that Lil Wayne has quit the Win. 82 tour. He did
1: a show in Virginia. Uh-huh. It was in Virginia, and after 15 minutes of his set, he walked off saying that, it's this, crowd, this crowd
0: isn't my swag. Not my swag. So words go out of his mouth. So, uh, later, during the week, we found out he's not actually quitting the tour. It's just, I guess it was just a bad crowd, and to be fair, you know, like, listen, a lot of people want to shit on Lil Wayne now, but you gotta understand, this guy carried hip-hop for well, a good I was, five years. I was having a
1: conversation about with the landlord about this last night, and this is what I could say. So, a Blink-182 crowd would absolutely be willing to sit through a Lil Wayne set and they'll probably enjoy some of it when they know, hear the songs they know uh, Millie um, uh, I don't even know the rest of the hits um, I, I, Lil
0: Wayne I go so few with on his mainstream shit uh, Millie Let the Beat Build miss, uh, Hey Mr. Carter okay. I do from the so, Carter so they three, would, pretty much they would know
1: those songs and they would be willing to sit through it a little Wayne fan group is not going to be willing to sit through Blink-182 no or shot. any other rock band. Um, it's, just, it's just the fact of the matter that that demographic and that people that listen to Mostly Rap are not going to branch out outside of rap more often than not. Yep. The Blink-182 fans are willing. You signed up to tour with Blink-182 on the 20-year anniversary of their most popular critically acclaimed and successful album of all time and you're surprised that more people are there to see Blink-182 get the fuck over yourself nah, what I about agree. the 150 to 200 probably 500 some odd fans that were there to see you you say fuck them because they got lawn seats and they couldn't be in the front fucking row everyone's there to see Blink-182 of course they bought the seats up close mm. everyone that wanted to see you was like let's just go see Lil Wayne we'll bounce after Blink w- after he's done and they bought cheap seats get the fuck over yourself I'm glad he didn't quit the tour but that rubs me like yeah. Um. Like, what is no, that? I, I, what I, is I, I, that? No,
0: it, it, is, it is a little silly. Um, It's just one of those things where it's, when the, the tour was announced initially, a lot of people were like, like what like the, the fuck really is Like, really? Interesting. On? Well, especially when they did a What's My Age Again, a Millie, like, cross if, if I were, song, If I was Mark was, and like, Travis, I would tell
1: him get the fuck off the tour. Like, this I, I is supposed to be too. fun, dude. Well, like, I, mean,
0: I mean, even if I'm Matt Skiba, I would say the same thing. I know, like, he's still the new guy around there. You know what I mean? But at the same time, like, it, what did you expect was going to happen? Yeah. You know I mean, like, Lil Wayne, as I hate to say, it's kind of turned into a joke at this point. Of course he has. Been, he like, had a great MC. Well, his old mixtapes
1: were time. phenomenal. Uh-huh. I mean, you got to think going back to he was with Juvenile and shit. Like uh, I'm, I'm back that ass up, dude, which is
0: ninety eight, ninety nine. Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne is is responsible for nicki minaj and drake. We yeah, him yeah. for that no matter what you, your thoughts I are. Gotta,
1: I got uh, I have him apologize to me for drake, but Nicki does her thing, whatever. Uh, so you listen, can, so you can I will say
0: what you want. I t- I have a lot of respect I for know Drake you do. because listen, He constantly stays relevant. I respect
1: his hustle, business keeps, savvy keeps and his, his hustle. Shit out, man. I I hate him but I do respect what he's done for himself. Um so I have no wow. complaints.
0: I think I think we're supposed to do the thing. What is this? No, no, at, at the bottom.
1: Yeah, but he's he said he's gonna. Are we supposed to be calling him on Skype? I, I, I think so. Okay, yeah. hold on. Let so me I'm see. Try
0: that now. Do you have Skype on your phone? I do. Not. I, I think I have it on mine. I do not, and plus also my um my your my, speakers my fucked. Speakers are
1: fucked. I think I have Skype on here. So I, let's I see. Tried, keep talking. Did, okay, I, let me
0: see the name again. Uh, so here, I actually tried really hard. I was I was gonna upgrade to the iPhone XS or whatever, because my phone is just officially shot. There's no reason for me to even keep keeping it, but uh. I recently had my identity stolen, so that was fun. I don't know which one's him. On top of all that, um, when I tried to pay for the early upgrade for my phone, uh, my bank shut my card off. So, if if that was a sign from God for me not to get the New iPhone. I don't know what is, you know what I mean. Yeah, so it's one well, of those so things. What, where it's what, like I your identity do it.
1: got stolen.
0: Um, everything, so everything, um, dude. Um, everyone someone opened up, I think it was two credit cards in my name, um, and charged a good, hefty amount of money.
1: Oh, I think I found him. They yeah.
0: they ended up, um, I had to call like the credit bureau, I had to do all this crazy stuff, and it was just really, really annoying. So now, are we calling them right now? I think so.
1: I'm trying to get spe- speaker
0: phone working. I have to cut this part out.
1: Let's <laughs> see. Yes, uh, yeah, just dead air. He's, let's see if he picks no, up. That's fine. This is him, right? Yeah, that's him. Okay, that's the name that I identified. He identified as that Skype name. Zubyu. Yeah, This Skype thing actually works. So. That's, okay. Cool. I just was not pressing speaker. Okay. So if he doesn't pick up, maybe I'll try calling back, and we'll see. Hey, uh, Zuby, what's up? This is Dan and Taylor and Josh from You Watch I Listen. Yo, what's
2: good, man? Hey. Good. Hey, how are, how are you, you, man?
1: It's good to chat with you, man. Uh, you've been uh, all over uh, the news recently. Uh, so, uh, you, you seem to stir up a lot of controversy. Uh, so how did, th- did this all start with the, the deadlifting thing? When you, uh, Yeah, the deadlift. Which I, I totally appreciated. That had me howling laughing to yeah, point out the insanity of people's nonsense. So where did you come up with this, and were you expecting it to blow up as much as it did? wow okay we're going straight into it yeah let's uh, do yeah, it man. absolutely that's what, listen i like diving in head first even if the pool's shallow that's all good man um so
2: wow so did it start with a deadlift no um every this whole story started more than more than a decade ago i mean i'm a independent professional rapper yeah been uh making music since 2006 doing it full-time now since 2011 um, I've been on Twitter since 2009, so uh, that deadlift tweet was certainly not my first ever tweet. <laughs> um, yeah, But um, I mean, last year, basically, I started becoming, so I used to use my Twitter just 100% essentially for my music, you know, promoting sure. my music, sharing a little bit of personal stuff here and there, but never really going behind the veil too much. And then um, due to multiple reasons, last year, I sort of halfway through last year, I just started being a little bit more outspoken on it and just giving a little bit more of my personality, sure. sharing my view on more things, whether that's like social commentary, political stuff, cultural stuff, uh, just, you know, my thoughts on where the world is, where things are going, what is kind of happening. So I started getting um, quite a, a fair bit more traction and had a couple tweets go semi-viral last year, not not to the level of the deadlift tweet, but, sure. you know, I had a few get a couple hundred, couple hundred likes and retweets and stuff like that. And um, a couple of them went, viral primarily in the U.S., so I noticed I started picking up a whole ton of U.S. followers. Because before that, you know, probably about 80-90% of my Twitter following was based in the U.K., okay. and I think it's now something like 70-75% American. Okay. Um, so that's been a big shift over the past year. So in terms of the deadlift tweet, yeah, that was uh, end of February, so I just made a tweet with a video saying that I keep hearing about biological men not having any advantage in strength over women yeah. in sports. So um, watch me break the British female deadlift record without even trying. It was a video of me, it was a video shot in a gym of me deadlifting 230 kilos. Uh, The British women's record in my weight class is slash was about 215.
1: You fucking crushed it. Oh yeah,
2: dude. I I mean, I I could have lifted that thing about six or seven times. Um, Yeah, I mean, my max is like, Two hundred seventy-five.
1: And you so, see, you, was, you, weren't, you weren't even showing off. You were just saying, look what I can do when I choose to identify as this.
2: I mean, if you look at the video, I'm not straining. <laughs> no, at not at all. No, I mean, when I say I didn't try, I mean, I. it wasn't hard. Um, I could do that, like, on any given day. Sure. So, yeah, so I, I just put it out there thinking, you know, a couple of my followers will find this funny, probably get a couple of comments, likes, retweets, whatever. I did not expect it to be seen by millions of people yeah, and for well, it to cause some international as yeah. Well,
0: I, I, I was gonna ask Zuby. This is Taylor, by the way. Um, what, like, what was your reaction when you saw like someone like Joe Rogan that's talking I, about I, it? That's so how
1: certain, I found out. I was about listening it. to Joe Rogan, and he's talking about you, and I'm like, I gotta go find this guy. And <laughs> yeah, follow
2: immediately. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, Joe Rogan picked up on it like two weeks after it had gone viral. Yeah. Oh, really? So that that kind of brought a second wave. Yeah, because I put out the video on the 26th of February, so it had like a first viral wave.
1: Yeah. And then, and then, um, if Joe, Joe Rogan, Rogan picks it up, it's going to a whole yeah, other wavelength.
2: Yeah, yeah. Pen Shap- Shapiro
1: Tucker- picked it up, I think. Stephen Crowder yeah, picked it t- up.
2: Yeah, Tucker Carlson. So it kind of got like um, a second wave, and um, so the entire month of March, most of April, was just uh, nonstop. You know, my follower account was going up like a thousand people a day. So gaining um,
1: gaining that many followers, um, and you said you gained a ton of followers from the the United States. Have you noticed if a lot of people have been following you just to send you negative stuff? Because I know a lot of people love hate following. You know, they could just easily not follow you and not have to see the things you're saying that are your own personal Mm -hmm. views. Have you had that problem where it's people that could easily just not follow you do and then feel they have to reply to have their feelings validated?
2: Uh, Honestly, that's like, Five people,
1: okay. That's good. That's good. People are maybe yeah, a little I'm more about, aware.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've got about five followers who seem to just follow me to antagonize me. Sure, um, most of them have muted so they can keep tweeting me. I don't actually even see them. It's um, the best way to do it, but, yeah, I mean, 99% of it has been you know, vast majority is positive. Had a couple people, you know, of course. I mean, most of the time I get angry tweets. I mean, it's not from people who follow me. It tends to be randomers who just kind of well, see your stuff on their timeline and then try to make a billion assumptions about who you are and everything Of course, you leave they,
1: in. these people, they like searching their trigger words on Twitter and then seeing which oh, yeah. ones are at the top and then feel they have to interject and stand on their high horse about it. And, you know, the thing I've noticed about your Twitter, because I started following you after I heard you heard about you on Rogan, is that you're very much about the idea of freedom of thought and freedom of choice. And that seems to be one of the big things that you're trying to battle against people trying to put individuals into bubbles that they have to feel a certain way.
2: Absolutely, man. Well, I absolutely detest identity politics. I absolutely hate it. I Um, I stand against it totally, which um, makes me very popular with some people. And
1: and not so popular with yeah, a lot of others. A lot of yeah, it other means
2: I get a lot of pushback with identitarian types who think that we should keep judging people based on their race, gender, sexuality, and skin color. Funnily enough, and awkwardly, that's um, in the past few years been primarily coming from the political left. If we're yes, being honest, absolutely. So, um, yeah. So my following, I've got like a very large conservative and libertarian following. Yeah, due to my stance on some of these things, which is. You know, which is which is cool. I mean it's it's also to me the whole thing's just very ironic when you've Absolutely. got all these people who are talking about, you know, we want we want diversity and, and
1: let we people live, let we want people to be. be themselves.
2: And, yeah, but that's the but absolute you. No, you know, they're they're saying one thing and then behaving in a completely different behaving in a completely different
1: manner. And you got Uh, got labeled, of course, when you made that video. uh, The biggest label people put on you is that you were being transphobic. And I didn't take it as that even remotely. You were pointing out the insanity of... How people feel that you know you can identify as anything, and everyone has to respect it. I didn't come you take you as being hateful or anything. If people don't like it, they don't have to. But at no point did you come off as slightest bit as what is called transphobic.
0: I mean, I, I took it a little bit as like a not not like a joke, but I almost like satire. It was almost. satire. It was commentary. You know I mean? It was social like, commentary. It just, yeah, exactly. That's how I took yeah, it. Yeah,
2: it's satire. I mean, it's using people's own logic against them. Yeah, absolutely. Which is a very frustrating thing for people who are ideologues so because they can even criticize me because i can just spin every single argument against them if they say hey you're not really a woman i can say hey how dare you I identify as a woman sure and I- you're not you're now being a bigot and transphobe by not accepting me as a woman yeah I mean, you've been te- you've been telling us all these years that anyone who you know identifies as a woman is a woman so you can't then go, oh, wait, but hang on. No, I don't like this. So you're not really a woman. And it's like, no, you can't. Sure. You can't just move the goalposts whenever you want. And, so. and
1: obviously that whole topic in today's society and social climate is very, very tricky. And we were just talking mm-hmm. about it before um, we spoke with you. And uh, we're speaking to Zuby right now, brought to you by Blue Chew. Uh, check them out on BlueChew.com and theSI. Um, the the big thing is like I, I when I was following you after all this, you never once said anything remotely hateful, and it being such a a topic, I don't understand how people are seeing that unless that's what they're seeking out, to find the slightest sliver of something that might be in comedic poor taste, which is what comedy is supposed to do anyway, and then you get labeled as something, and now I'm sure these people that took that as that assume all the other negative tropes that are put on the right are being put on you in a lot of ways.
2: Yeah, I don't honestly care. I know exactly you. You I know exactly you. Honestly, I don't care. Like, I know who I am. I know what I believe. I don't the reason you didn't see any hate in it is because there wasn't any.
0: Absolutely That's perfect.
2: Right. And so I don't need to mince my words or dance around certain things or walk on eggshells because I know exactly what's in my heart. Anybody who knows me, my family, my friends, thousands of my followers, my fans, anybody who's met me knows that there is no hate in my heart. I don't hate any mean, I, I, I there are certain ideas that I hate. Sure. I don't hate any individuals. I absolutely don't hate any groups. And so, you know, I mean, it's, it's just a tactic. It's a tactic. I mean, if someone is stuck in a corner and you go against their ideology, the basic tactic is to call you some kind of ist or ism regardless of if they have any evidence or whether or not it's true. And I mean some people might buckle under that, but to me I just laugh and I'm like, you're an idiot. Well,
1: that's the thing with the, the the heart the the left in general is that for being all about, you know, let people be them and be this, this and that, they are the quickest to put labels on people and say this is what you are and that there's no coming back from it. And in the event that someone did something actually said something bad or said something hateful, even if it was just a lapse in word choice and judgment, there's never coming back from it. That defines you forever. And that's Me is unforgivable in our society because we're supposed to be about second chances and people learning from their mistakes. And if you don't allow people to change and learn and grow, you're going to be stuck in the same spot that you started on forever.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, in that worldview, there's no form of redemption. There's no redemption, there's no salvation. You Make one mistake and you're out of the club. That's why they keep eating themselves. I mean, oh yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm glad I'm not. I'm glad I'm not some kind of modern left winger or progressive because you've got to constantly walk around eggshells around those people.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, there's it's there's not one. Fun there's a story that made the news I just caught it late last night um, and this might go up your alley of uh, this thought process Uh, Scarlett Johansson I don't know if you saw this story already but she um, talked about how she feels as an actress or an actor you should be able to play almost any type of role and she's had some casting controversy because she was in Ghost in a Shell uh, which was a Japanese Ah. film and she and now the left wing is just attacking her saying that she's uh, showing her white privilege this this and that and I freak out when people get mad about casting decisions in favor movies and shows. I'm like, just don't watch it. It's There's obviously the ones that are heavy-handed when they're clearly, like when they did that Ghostbusters reboot. But now Scarlett Johansson, yeah, that's what I mean. Like the Ghostbusters reboot and you're just fitting these things in there. But now Scarlett Johansson saying as actors it's our job to play people or not. I mean, the amount of uh, Americans that have played British people, British people have played Americans. That's never a conversation. British
0: people are better actors than Americans.
1: Nowadays, yeah. Um, And it's, to me, I'm like, and she's someone that has Mostly portrayed herself as very left-leaning, and now she's being labeled as a bigot and showing her white privilege. Well, it's so you, you, lazy.
2: You, they can't. They can't win. I mean, I've, I, I, I joke. I, I tweeted something the other day that like I can't get canceled because I don't hang out with people who are capable of canceling me, and nobody, <laughs> and nobody who already likes me and supports me would uh, would would cancel me for some frivolous, stupid reason. So I'm glad that I haven't tried to. I mean, firstly, that's not my beliefs to begin with, but I'm not in any sort of like this new form of progressivism. I'll put that in inverted commas because it's really not. But this whole identity politics thing and just trying to demonize people, throw people under the bus, yeah, uh, cast people out as that. Ad- I mean, it's cultish. It's well, very
1: they're, cultish. They're constantly like, uh, they're, they're constantly looking for the monster under their bed, and yeah. it gives them a it gives them a purpose and a reason. And I'm sure you know if you if you take a hundred cases there's probably a bunch that have merit and value but when you make everything everything is racist and everything is homophobic uh-huh. and everything is transphobic very quickly nothing is going to be racist and nothing is going to be homophobic and nothing's yeah, going to be transphobic
2: yeah you're you're diluting the terms yeah you're it, di- you're diluting the words completely and that's dangerous for a whole bunch of reasons
1: yeah and people don't realize this and you obviously coming from the, the music world are in a field that is under attack quite often whether it's you know your what you do in your personal life and, uh, and in your in lyrics and things like that between music movies and TV entertainment in general it, it's you guys are under the microscope more than ever and you uh, I respect the hell out of you for saying I'm gonna do me and that's the way it should be for sure
2: yeah dude that's that's been my MO since day one. I'm not owned by anybody. I do my own thing. Everyone's always been like, "Oh, dude, why didn't you get signed to a label? Why didn't you do?" I'm like, "Dude,
1: like, why?" So they can tell was, me that my was, favorite song isn't good enough for a record,
0: <laughs> and, and then they can take was, a cut I was from your sales. before
1: it was cool
2: to be independent,
0: man. Right. I was. In, and then they, and then the label can take a cut of all your sales and stuff like that. So, but it, I guess that was a question I wanted to ask because I know you, you've been in the hip hop game or been in music since 2006, like you mentioned. Um, <clears> what, what, what got you into, uh, like? wanted to be a rapper like like who were your early influences and like what convinced you to put out your first and, record and when did you realize is... you had
2: talent for it exactly gotcha so I've been a hip hop fan since I was about maybe 12 years old so I used to listen to a lot of hip hop I was in boarding school in the UK but I was still living in Saudi Arabia and both with my friends in the UK and in back in Saudi you know we used to listen to a lot of Dre Eminem Snoop Nas Jay Z sure uh, later on, you yeah. know, the, 50 the, the Cent, the pillars, set, all that, exactly, so um, Ooh, so I've been a hip-hop, I've been a hip-hop fan for a while, and then I, I went to university, I studied at Oxford, I was a computer science student there, and when I was in my first year of university, I started writing, just uh, out of boredom, I wrote my very first lyric when I was just uh, traveling through an airport and got stuck on a long layover, and I picked up writing very quickly, like, the very first lyric I wrote, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. I mean I can go back and listen to some of the first songs I made and yeah compared to how what my music sounds like now it's not
1: you've amazing, matured.
2: but it's still yeah yeah it's matured a lot it's developed a lot but it's not bad I mean I, I released my first album after I'd been rapping for about 10 months Wow so that was commercial
0: yeah. that was commercial underground right
2: That's right man you've done your research yeah commercial underground So I've been rapping for less than a year when I put that out um so I realized I had a knack for it and a talent relatively early. Um, and I did some live shows and gigs and stuff like that here and there. And then once I realized people were happy to, once I released the first album and I realized, oh, I could actually sell it and people were buying it and supporting it, I realized, oh, this is maybe something I can do for a little bit more of a hobby. So I kept on doing it. I kept on pushing, started traveling around, pushing my music out a little bit more, as, as I still do. And um, yeah, you know I built, built my own little audience organically and that's continued to grow i mean most of the fans most of my uh uk fans i mean have at least have met me in real life at some point whether that was at a gig or just out promoing my cds in one of the various cities i mean i've been all over the uk i've put in a stupid amount of legwork that's one thing that i think a lot of people who are new to me now don't realize how much groundwork and legwork has gone into everything Everything prior to this, yeah, right. you perfected
1: uh, the hustle,
0: man. You
2: for sure. you,
1: bu- you busted your ass well, from the, the ground up. Well, I, I want, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I, I wanted to ask too because one one of the one of the biggest underground artists, uh, independent artists in hip hop today and still going is Tech Nine. So, did oh, yeah. you, so, so did you, did you take a lot of influence from what Tech Nine was doing, like just the same thing? Like I'm just going to do what I do because Tech Nine is a very out there kind of guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, no matter what's going to happen, I'm just going to do what I do, and whoever likes me will eventually get me to where I got to be, and I feel like that that's kind of was that was that like your whole mentality when you decided fuck the label i'm not doing that
2: yeah i mean i got into tech nine maybe it was it was after i started rapping i, I think i discovered discovered inverted commas yeah, i started listening to tech nine probably around 2008 2009 right um prior to that i hadn't really heard much of his music i'd i'd heard of him but um the imagery especially of like his first album kind of actually switched me off Right. I thought it was a little bit, um,
0: it was a little you know, out there.
2: Day. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little bit sort of like devilish looking. So yeah. I kind of took that at face value and didn't really listen to it properly. I mean, Tech Nine and Jay Z are my two favorite rappers now. I mean, I had the op- opportunity to open up for Tech Nine. I've met him. That's um, awesome, man. You know, yeah. Yeah. You know, he's, he's really cool. He's so humble, very down to earth. Um, when I met him, it was his birthday, actually. So we got him like a, a birthday cookie from <laughs> Millie's Cookies with it, with the strange, with the strange music logo on it. Nice. And, um, you know, Really appreciated that. He did a drop for my upstep EP. So if you listen to my song, Get Him, he does like a shout out to me oh, at the song, beginning man. of the track. Yeah, man. So, so, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I love what Tech 9 does, both musically and business-wise. It shows what is possible as an independent artist. You yeah. know, if you stick to your guns, play it smart, and... I mean, Focused on the fans well, everything comes down to focusing well, on the people
0: I was gonna say I mean even I mean I, I listen to a lot of like uh, p- punk rock metal music too and it's a new thing now where a lot of bands are turning or a lot of bands or a lot of artists are turning themselves into LLCs right like uh, this band of data remember they were signed to a major label they had a big falling out with the label over amount of albums they had to uh, they had to record in, for a, certain time in frame. a certain amount of time and what they have they eventually got out from underneath the label and they turned their band into an LLC so so I see that being more of like a, a, an upward trend where a lot of people are just going to be independent artists because they see what labels do to these artists. They'll they'll take a massive cut of uh, merch sales. They mess with your tour sales.
1: The, the, the integrity of the music. I'm exactly. Sure, right? And
0: then you have a producer from the label telling you, "No, maybe do this instead of this," and it it it, it jeopardizes your creativity. And it and it and it. I mean I've heard heard
1: plenty of bands I I told you I saw Third Eye Blind last night And they were talking about one of their songs on their biggest album uh, Motorcycle Drive-By That the the record label told them They can't put that that song on the album And it's like the best song on the album And that's stuff that record labels do But you've literally removed that from there Which I
0: think is amazing And
1: I think that's the way it should be man Because you're getting the artistry in it's purest form
2: Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I mean, it wasn't necessarily like a huge ideological thing when I started out. It was just like, okay, well, I mean, at the beginning I had this plan. Okay, I'll put out this album and then I'll I'll try to shop it. You know, back in 2006, it was still... More of a I mean, the music industry has changed very quickly in yeah, a relatively yeah. short time, so it was still having the idea of having a demo and shopping a demo around and trying to get signed to a label and whatever. A mixed case. And yeah, so then, sh- streaming
1: wasn't exactly. even that thought yet. Yeah, no, not Apple Music, Spotify weren't even no, ideas.
2: No, no, they didn't exist, no. But then I, I realized quickly, you know, I mean, I'd seen people out on the street um, you know, stop selling their CDs. I'd bought CDs on the street before, so I thought, you know what, let me just take it to the street level and go out there. Travel around to all these different cities in the UK and just talk to people, play them my music, and see how many I can. I mean, I've sold over 25,000 albums out of a backpack.
0: That's awesome, and man.
2: Yeah. So, like, when I say I've sold 25,000 albums, I mean, I physically myself.
1: That's crazy, man. That's a. Uh... You You should have have charged a shipping and handling fee for that
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. I mean, that that hustle is is harder to do now because the way people consume music has obviously changed, so that's a big challenge for artists such as myself. So I'm currently in a stage where I'm trying to readjust my own sort of business model and look at the future and see, okay, how can I build up something that's really strong and sustainable um, given the tools that are currently at my disposal and the way people are consuming music, the way people are discovering music. And, everything even beyond the music that's why I started my podcast I released my fitness book everything like that I want to kind of
1: you're a true en- entr- you're a true entrepreneur
2: I am yeah and I want to add more pillars to the Zuby brand because there's a lot of stuff that there's a lot that goes on in there that the world can appreciate so some people follow me and like me primarily because they like my views and my outlook and the way that I think and the way that I express things and whatnot um, and that's cool. Other people, it's hundred percent purely the music. Some people, it's more the fitness stuff. Some people, it's it's a combination of all of them. But to me, all of that is just Zuby. Sometimes I've had people say, "Oh, you know, you should just, just focus on this one thing." Or just, it's like, you know, I focused on one thing for a decade. You know, you and... sound
1: you sound uh, the the way you just described that. You sound a lot like Joe Rogan because he's a standup comedian. A lot of people knew yeah. him from Fear Factor. They knew him from doing UFC commentary, and then the podcast, obviously uh it, it's very similar man i like, i imagine that in especially i think anyone that started the podcast in the last five years has looked at joe rogan and been like that's how i want to do it i
0: also think it's a uh, yeah. it says a lot to you want to be multifaceted in a lot of different things like as much evolve. as as much as you love your hip-hop your hip-hop does not define you it's a part of who you are your you podcast is a part of who you are and i think that speaks volumes now i did want to ask um now your last album came out in 2016 it was called seven correct
2: no, my last album came out this year.
0: Oh, this year? Okay, I, was, oh, I wasn't aware. Oh, perseverance no, came it. out this year. Or yeah. I thought that was a greatest. I thought that was like a greatest hits almost.
2: It it is, but it's also got seven brand new songs. Oh, cool. so, okay, awesome. I classify it as an album.
0: Okay, but then it, you actually answered my question. Because um, I was going to ask if you had anything else in the works, but it already dropped. So it sounds first, like he's got awesome. a lot of shit in the works. I was going to say, man, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, you know, busy hands are happy hands. And I think that's a, that's a testament to the character that you are and what you do, and I think it speaks volumes to your fans. Well, I mean, just
1: the fact that you're always looking to evolve. While so many people, whether it's in music or any entertainment form, they're kind of fine with status quo. Like, oh, this got me here. I'm going to stick with this. And we, how many people have we seen that come up in their... You get famous from a viral video, and then you're doing terrible reality TV shows and everyone forgets about you're on, you.
0: You're on, you're on Dr. Drew. Yeah
1: you're, yeah, you're on Celebrity Fit Club or <laughs> yeah. Celebrity Rehab. You're trying to do all these different things and dip your toes into all these different pools to show that you aren't just rap. You aren't just a podcast. You aren't just uh, social views. And to me, that is one of the coolest things you could possibly do because anyone that ever wants to call you stupid or ignorant because of your views, <coughs> you can just say, hey, look at this. What have you done besides send out tweets about things you're angry about?
2: Yeah, uh, right. I can just show them my degree. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly from Oxford. from Oxford, buddy.
1: Well, don't don't worry. If one of them show if one of them shows you their uh, human
0: genders degree, they'll be like, "Look at me to, from yeah. one of, Like from Oxford, one of the most prestigious schools in the world. Like, nah, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm full of shit." So
1: I, I want to ask you. T- you talked about when you first started writing your lyrics, and now, obviously, how many albums have you put out at this point?
2: I put out five albums and three EPs. How, awesome.
1: how long of a process is it for you to write and then mix and then edit a complete album? And and, and and do you work with a
0: separate producer or do you produce your own stuff as well?
2: Yeah, so I work with different producers. I've never okay. made a beat in my life. Right. I don't know how to make beats. Um, I'm not particularly interested in it. I mean, but, th- um, that
0: that's a skill in itself, so yeah. I hear you. Oh, yeah, that. oh, oh,
2: yeah that, that's a whole other talent that's that's why i can't really be bothered to learn now because it's kind of like there's already people who are masters of that just Mm. like i feel i'm a master of what i do so let us let our powers combine and you know that'll be better this yeah um so in terms of the process so i write very sporadically okay i've barely written any music this year so i kind of shift gears i go into artistic and creative mode and then i kind of go into business and promotion mode so most of this year partially because of this viral video and all the increased attention and audience i've primarily been in business and promotion mode and kind of opportunity mode i haven't been spending a lot of time just sitting vibing out listening to beats writing lyrics and stuff like that i mean what's a smart um but when i when i do write i i mean it normally takes me i mean i could write a song in a couple of hours but normally normally i write a song over the course of Several days or so, occasionally, rarely, even weeks, because I don't like to force my writing. I like to write until I'm like, mm, OK, when, I'm when not it sure
1: feel, what, When it feels right. Sometimes
2: it just comes yeah, out yeah. of you, right? Yeah, my, my best my best lyrics and stuff are not forced. You know, it's just I am just in that zone. And then when I fall out of that zone, I'll, I'll stop. And my brain keeps working in the background. So I could start writing a song this evening. And then I may come to a point where I don't know what the next lyric should be, what the next line should be, whatever. I can put it down. I can go to sleep. My brain will keep working on the song while I'm sleeping, and I'll wake up and the lyrics will be there. So that's sort of how I operate. I kind of let the natural flow take its right do do, so, do what it's doing.
0: Yeah, so it's like 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 you'll be out, you'll be walking around, you go to the mall or something, you catch an idea, you like jot it down quick, like just a thought, mm-hmm. something like that, and then and then you yeah. just you expand on you, that later you never in the writing a, session. You never know
1: when an idea is going to come to your mind. The second, the, the, the main point, the
0: second inspiration, yeah. because a, a lot of comedians say the same thing when they think of the funniest shit when they're asleep, and they're like, oh, I'll remember it in the morning. Nope, gone. Oh, yeah, that's at that like, point in time, you just have to. That's like, what I write heard, it down. I've heard
1: Jimmy Norton say he he has a, a dream, he wakes up and he has a whole routine ready to go that he writes up and. I'm sure yeah. you know being a creative mind that's pretty much how it is you could just be doing something around the pl- around your house and then something comes to your mind you quick out to jot it down and see how you can structure it into a song you, you also can't yeah. force and, it and at it's all. also
2: it's also like connecting disparate dots yeah so there could be something we talk about in this conversation which then links to something else I was talking about with my my girlfriend earlier today which links to something that I saw that I'll see tomorrow when I'm walking down and I'm like hmm that would be an idea for a potential song or maybe just you know even just a lyric or something like like that so yeah that that's kind of that's kind of how it goes and then with with my music i mean it's 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 becoming more and more personal as i make more of it um and as i get older and wiser and whatnot i mean i imagine with my next couple of songs or releases i think i'll probably just because of all the stuff that's been happening in the past few months i think i'm probably just gonna hit a pretty new vein in terms of just real talk. Uh, yeah, well, that's of, that's you you know, know, how it should
1: stuff, be, man. Yeah. Who wants, mm-hmm. I like, you know, I when I say with Eminem, like, I don't love his newer stuff, but he couldn't be rapping about, you know, killing his mother for 25 years. No. No, it's, it um, doesn't work like that.
2: No, it doesn't, but I mean, The life is so multifaceted. So, I mean, with me, after I put out a project, I like to just live life for a while. I'm not, that's why I don't kind of constantly just, you get artists, you get artists, especially rappers, you know, just churn out music, bang, 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 you know, just constantly churning out music. But with me, I, I could technically do that, but it'll get kind of samey and I'll start rapping about nothing because I need the ammunition to rap about i need to go and live my life travel to a few different countries i'm going out to the states later on this year i'm sure when i go out there that'll just inspire my brain in a whole new way and i'll just have you know just new ideas yeah um i mean so i like to just live my life for a while experience different things and then it's like okay cool now it's time for this next ep or album or whatever i've got a whole new perspective i've experienced new things i've thought about things that you know i've been thinking about things this year that I was not thinking about any previous year of my life and obviously I've had this newfound I've kind of struck a certain nerve and chord with tens if not hundreds of thousands of people on some level with some of the stuff that I've said and you know that viral tweet I mean I I have viral tweets every couple of weeks so yeah I mean I enough. see
1: I see it come up and um, I wanted to ask you about that so did you see a okay. big uptick, uptick in uh, sales or uh, streaming numbers after that video went viral
2: yeah, pretty significant. Pretty significant. I, was I, mean, I sold a lot of merchandise, gained a lot of followers on all platforms. Um, definitely had more streams, more people buying buying my music, buying my T-shirts and stuff like that. And that that's continued. You know, some of that's those awesome. are lots of those people are genuine fans now. Right. Um, so so that's good. I mean, like I said, I I, I mean, if I'd uh, if I'd kind of known it would it would be like that, then in hindsight, I'm thinking there's certain things that I would have done a little bit differently but um, I think I I think I capitalized on it and kept the fire burning pretty well yeah. and a lot of that is just based on the foundation that I had already laid Absolutely. I mean if that, if that video had gone viral very early in my career before I'd really kind of done anything or laid any groundwork then you know l- people go viral all the time but you know you can see tweets going viral every single day Sure. but the person who tweeted it is not particularly interesting so yeah. you, don't follow, <laughs> you don't follow them you don't consume their content yes. loads of people you know i one of the most common comments i get on my uh, youtube videos or over the past couple months was came for the deadlift state for the music <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know so so people obviously see that and then oh this guy's a rapper oh he's got a podcast oh he's got videos oh he's actually interesting they start
1: pulling back so, the layers of you pretty much
2: exactly exactly so so a lot of people came that's what initially it drew them in but then they stuck around because they were like oh, okay cool this guy's actually this guy's actually got an interesting perspective and an interesting Hell personality yeah. So, and he's not afraid to put himself out there
1: now, you said you're coming uh stateside. are you coming over for anything in particular
2: um I've got some couple big podcasts lined up
1: you're gonna be on rogan uh,
2: i hope so he's he he's said yes uh, we so. got
1: so you're telling us we gotta have people start tweeting <laughs> to him and young jamie get zuby on'll yeah, on. we'll do it
2: yeah if if I can't lock that if I can't lock down a date in the next couple of weeks then I'll get the um I'll, I'll mobilize the army yeah no but, I mean
1: um, we're, we we got your back and I, if you ever do any concerts out in New York New Jersey you bet your ass will be there yeah that'll be awesome, fun I appreciate that fun. bro I mean
2: I wanted to do some shows this time around but because of the um, actually because of the whole work visa thing yeah so yeah I thought, I thought with the um, there's something called the ESTA which you can travel to the US from the UK for three months without a visa and it's weird it's it's weird it's worded weirdly because you can travel for both leisure and business but you can't do paid work there.
1: Oh, I got you. Okay, so, that makes sense. It's almost so like it's almost like an unpaid like,
2: internship, so yeah, almost. So is, yeah, so it's like I can go there to do business stuff, like going and doing interviews and podcasts. That's like a business trip, technically. Gotcha. But I, it's a, they're a little bit weird about doing like tour and paid shows that that kind of requires a different all right so i got process i got
1: i got a couple more questions for you we won't keep you too much longer the first one being um are you going to be breaking any are you going to be breaking any more weightlifting records anytime soon
2: (laughs) (laughs) um well i already took the the deadlift and the the bench press right so so you got to find a challenger then Uh, someone's got to top you i got you Yeah, I mean, there's, there's plenty of people who can taught me, but they happen to be my they happen to be men. Yeah, so. exactly.
1: All right, so the other questions we ask this to every guest we have on the show um, podcast called "You Watch, I Listen," based in movies and music. Uh, the first one being, what is your favorite movie?
2: I am gonna be lame. I don't really have one, man.
1: Okay, no, okay. that's listen. There's some people that just you know, if they see a movie they like, they like it, and they don't think anything beyond that. Um, and the other one, this might be even a tougher one because I'm talking to you know an actual very successful musician, an artist. Uh, your favorite artist and favorite album by that artist. I know you said Jay Z is among your yeah. favorites.
2: Jay Z and Tech Nine are my two favorites. Um, with Jay Z, my favorite albums. Are, I'm going to give you three. Okay. Reasonable Doubt, yep. The Blueprint, and The Black Album. Oh, okay. Bla- yep. I love
0: The Black it's Album. And, um,
2: with Tech Nine, I would say. Um, all sixes and sevens.
1: Okay,
2: is probably my favorite Tech Nine album. You, know, you mentioned the Black
1: record. Album, and I've brought this up to Taylor a few times. They did that, um, the mix of the Jay Z's Black Album and the Beatles' White Album, the Gray Album. Mm-hmm. That gray is, album, yeah. ph- that is phenomenal. So good. All yeah, right, yeah, so bef- before we let you go, is there anything you want to promote or plug?
2: Yeah, sure thing. So anybody listening, you can follow me online at Zuby Music. That's Z U B Y Music. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Definitely follow me on Twitter because that's the most fun. I, um, You can check out my merchandise at teamzooby.com. And you can also get my new ebook there, which is a fitness ebook to help you build muscle, burn fat, and create your best ever body. It's called Strong Advice. You can get that on my website as well, teamzooby.com. Right. I do also have a podcast on everything, which is Real Talk with Zuby.
1: Awesome, man. Awesome. So, uh, we really appreciate you spending some, some time with us. And we hope that uh, you know you're out here in Jersey, New York sometime. We get to meet up. 100%, man. All right, man. You have a great day. All right. right Thank you for, so much,
2: you man. You guys.
0: Later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was Zuby that was, brought uh, to you by Chew and BetDSI.com. Thank you very much to our that sponsors. That was uh,
1: fantastic. I really appreciated his honesty. Great and great dude, man. Anyone wants to say anything bad about that guy,
0: about dumb, <laughs> uh, funny-ass tweets, Go to hell. Dude, he really is a funny guy. So, now, uh, since we're kind of still in the realm of music and we were, before Zuby, uh, we called Zuby, we were talking about the Lil Wayne quitting the Blink 182 tour. Um, There was another show that happened last night, July 16th, out in LA. Um, Okay. I had mentioned it earlier, a couple episodes earlier in the show. I said I was gonna go, but I just it just didn't work out that, and that way. That was none other than the, the Ghost, Ghost Inside. Inside. The Ghost Inside played their first comeback I saw some show of the videos. in five years after their horrific bus accident. And when I tell you, it was really just a special moment. Even through I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it, watching them perform live on video again, especially after the horrific just how bad it yeah, was in general yeah. most people would be lucky to even be, come back from that and go lead a normal life let alone be a, 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 a band again and the outpouring of support from specifically epitaph records and the fans in general me i the ghost inside have helped me get through some really trying times especially with their last two records the one i gave you dear yep, youth yeah. and the one before that get what you give are really just inspirational pieces of art that a lot of people just sometimes don't understand what they're trying to say and um just watching those videos you could just feel the energy feel the love and appreciation the fans have for that band it's really unparalleled and it's nothing i've seen in a very long yeah. time i'm bummed i couldn't make it to la it's just one of those things it just didn't work out but man it, they said it's a one it's a one-time only show they haven't Announced any new music? They got any it. Tour. I mean, after
1: the reception, I mean, that thing was all over Facebook dude, and Twitter last everywhere. night.
0: Everywhere. The first time Alt Press reports something correct and not dumb. And it's sad when a company like Alt Press, who used to be so good, dude. it's like for every twenty
1: articles they release, you get two good ones. Dude, really good ones. Like uh, it's like Rolling Stone. They release thirty shit ones, and every so often you Rolling, get a good you know, one
0: Sometimes Rolling Stone will put some like really, good which stuff is sad out. considering
1: when they came out and how fucking cool they dude, were. Cool Even going through like the early two thousands, they were fucking. Cool, yeah. but no.
0: Um,
1: that's I wanted to bring up something that's very similar. Please. Um, that's. Uh, but I, real quick, before go you go say ahead, that, I did,
0: I did just want to say, listen, congratulations to the boys and the Ghost Inside. Yes. You've come back from absolute tragedy. Major perseverance to, to even play a show is a miracle in itself. I'm so happy you guys are back, even if it's a one time off show and you guys never record music again. I'm getting a little emotional talking about it because you've helped me so. they've helped me so much in cry, my personal life. That's not happening. Play the Tony Soprano, but, Jeff. But, please, but what's please. happening is, truthfully, I'm so happy they even. Got back on stage He's a and play and play and played the show again. That's you're not funny, <laughs> no. Josh. And I just, um, hey, I'm doing what I'm told over here. That's Do good. You? Oh, you, by him, great. That's yeah, awesome. I'm not John the person. I'm I not guess the person. He doesn't fall far the <laughs> If it wasn't funny, god damn it. But I no, I'm. I'm My I'm name fair- is Clarence. <laughs>
1: No, but, I get what you're saying, I'm, man. I'm I, I watched some of the videos, and it was uh, very powerful and emotional, and it's really cool to see when a band can come back after all these years, after something so tragic, and something that would derail a lot of lesser bands, and to see that the fan support was stronger than ever. Dude. Uh, to know that that, and that tells you that the feelings you have have resonated with thousands, if not millions of it, people. It,
0: it speaks volumes to the band, what they stand for, and how they've always been that band. Yep. They, they've been a band for the people, and I absolutely... I'm For the people by the people (laughs) that shall not perish from this but like I said if they never release music again if they never play a show again they got this they have a heartfelt thank you from a true from a true fan and a farewell to the fans they've done they've done right by us it's about time we do right by them and also again shout out to Epitaph Records from day one of the bus accident every single piece of merch they've done fundraisers every single thing they've donated to the medical bills of the ghost inside so you don't see that a lot with with, with record labels so congratulations Congratulations, fellas! If this is your last show, you went out with a bang, and I'm so happy for you guys. Seriously. Yeah,
1: and uh, something in a similar vein that happened this week that I um would definitely it touched me and it made me uh, where it made me uh, everywhere. Show me on the
0: water bottle where it touched <laughs> you. Did the
1: whole <laughs> Um, take the cap off first. Mine's always open. Um, so this was yeah, you can't even do the bottle cap challenge with your hands. Um, so the Angels had their first home game since the untimely death of pitcher Tyler Skaggs uh, on Friday night. And uh, they had Tyler Skagg's mother throw out the opening pitch. They all wore his number, number 45, uh, and his uh, mother threw out the opening pitch. And uh, they threw a combined team no-hitter, which is uh, pretty sensational. How poetic is baseball? And uh, there's some even more crazy, crazy symmetry to it. So his birthday was the next day, Mm -hmm. his actual birthday. They all wore number 45. (laughs) Um, Mike Trout night hit a forty five foot homer. So pretty crazy, right? It gets even weirder. They scored seven runs in the first, mm-hmm. 13 runs total. His birthday was July 13th. Yeah, and wow. then uh, the the image of all them taking off their jerseys on the mound putting and putting it there. Yeah. I mean, a win alone, that would have happened, but the fact that it was a no-hitter. Um, I'm going to use a corny pun here, but there was an angel in the outfield. It's, uh, it's corny boo as a boo-chippa. Uh, but it, it to me like that's there's been moments like that that uh, most recently with Jose Fernandez passing and then the first Marlins game after was against the D Mets Gordon? D Gordon hit his only home run of the year on the first pitch he saw he only hit one home run that whole year and, and, and it was that one and
0: and he broke down yeah it's home plate. I mean
1: the Skaggs thing is just it's so horrific cool. and just it's I, I would love if the, the Angels made a run now it would be so fucking cool to see that um, after dealing with something like this a guy that was their best pitcher this year. Um, and just the way that happened his mom throwing the opening pitch getting to come by I mean a team no hitter doesn't mean as much as a pitcher doing it but it's still a fucking no hitter and it's it's just really really cool and it it's why baseball uh, to me transcends other sports because I agree with this, th- these weird things that can happen Um, there was the guy on the the uh, the A's uh, last year who went on uh, bereavement after his mother passed away from breast cancer and his first game back he hits a home run Like I think only in baseball I mean you get it in football too like Brett Favre the Monday Brett night F- game after his dad that, died. That's legendary, yeah, legendary. He had a career game, but in baseball, just that. You have that moment on the field where all of them are taking off their, their jerseys. And I think ba- baseball fans are more respectful than it's not that it's saying other sports are disrespectful, but baseball fans have a deeper appreciation for the nuances oh. to the game. Like yeah. they will applaud, like Derek Jeter got a going away ovation at Fenway Park. I've and played, and, and what, Mo, Mariano Rivera did. Well, and was, Yankees uh, fans would do the same things for the best. Well, they
0: did it for Poppy. They, they did it for David Ortiz. Yeah, that was a big it's one. It's one of these
1: things. I think at the end of the day, through rivalries and everything, baseball is a game. That speaks to the heart of sports fans that are actually baseball fans. It does. It just pulls on heartstrings a little bit differently. I like,
3: You know, it's a uh, it, you. you what you say totally rings true because a couple of weeks back when Poppy got shot, man, I was fucking devastated. Yeah, dude. It's, I was it's, bummed, it's, man. You know? It's one of those out. things you don't
1: want to see, dude. I was, I, I Roy Halladay killed the Mets. I was bummed out. Granted, I was a fan of his before then, yeah, but yeah. I don't want to see that happen. He it's, has one of my
0: favorite This Is Sports Center moments where he's trying on the Yankee hat and the fucking guy walks in. He's trying to Posada set. Yeah. No, it's not what you think, <laughs> dude. It's, <laughs> it's like, fantastic. So, um, but why I, don't, I other thing like that, just watching stuff live, I mean, it's not nearly as big a, a, big a thing with that, but like when they were going to trade Wilmer Flores in 2015. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then he and hits then, a walk off and the then next, next game. Walk off it's like it, game. it's those little things in
1: baseball that just make it so beautiful. It's, it's and perfect. It's,
0: it's so poetic, and it's it's like. You can't really write a better story. No, no. Sometimes. And that whole thing they did for Tyler Skaggs is really fantastic. He's just a fuck. He was just a 27, kid. He was 27 years seven. old, man. And just about
1: to turn 28, and married just a few months prior. sad.
0: It's just sad what it was. And it, what a better way to honor him, a pitcher of all things, to throw a combined team no hitter. After and, his mom throws out the opening pitch, out the right opening before pitch. his
1: birthday. The numbers, the way they add up, it's so strange, it's man. Weird. The 7 and the 13. It's just, it was really, it, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it now, man. Yeah. When I was telling the landlord about it the next morning, uh, my buddy Texted me. He's like, "Are you watching the Angels game?" And I quick put it on just to see that. And dude, when they did uh, the Jose Fernandez thing, I teared up at that man. It's that hard. stuff. That well, stuff gets to me when you do stuff like that. And that one uh, here's another he one. He, the, the Mike Piazza home run after nine eleven, the first sporting well, event. That well, how can you script that? The go ahead home well, run against a
0: division rival. I was gonna say too. All and them then, wearing FDNY hats and, and shit. One of my favorite moments in all of sports, and take politics out of it. But in the the, the Subway Series, the Mets versus the Yankees. Just having George Bush walk out oh, to, yeah, the, yeah. to the mound. No, that at, was the I,
1: World Series. That was the Diamondbacks Yankees. Oh, the diamond, yeah,
0: Diamondbacks. Sorry. Yeah, he threw just, out, and it's strike. At, a fucking
2: strike down Yankee, the middle. At Yankee Stadium. They watched just me just to hit stand this drive in the
0: in, in, <laughs> in the middle of all the chaos that was happening in that time frame and all the terrorism and all that stuff. He took. I mean, granted, it was a silly, but he took a big chance. Well, Bush walking did nine eleven. But he also stands up. And he just he just does a thumbs up. Yeah, that, it was to it was killer, most, man. Such a United New Yorker,
1: baseball United New York at that point. Really, Yankees fans were rooting for the Mets. That night, mm-hmm. Mets fans were a lot of Mets fans were rooting for the Yankees that World Series or, just because the only thing I know, like is when they said New York needs it. And I'm like, all right, they've had a or, lot of World Series, or
0: or, e- or even when um when uh, when we killed Osama bin Laden. Oh, in the Mets Phillies game, the, game, it was and during an ESPN Sunday night
1: game, mm-hmm. and the whole crowd, you don't know what's going on, they're just standing up cheering, and then the ticker on ESPN goes by. I was watching that live, man. I was I like, remember that whole, and then they all started singing "uh the Star Spangled Banner" in the uh, the crowd. Um, speaking of, I know he I just made a terrible joke saying Bush did 911, so I. Right <laughs> Before that, I mentioned one of my favorite Bush quotes when he was being hounded by the media playing Ferry golf. 11 or whatever? No, I'll be explained. So there's mm-hmm. vi- this video of Bush where he's being hounded by the media at a golf course, and he goes, all right, now watch this drive. <laughs> and he just hits the golf ball. Some a friend of mine made a gif where it's that, and then when he hits it, it's the plane going <laughs> into oh, the tower. Oh, <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> that's terrible. That's terrible. All right, so why don't we do our hot takes, um, and then we got to do a little shoot the shit okay. since uh, Dan's going away soon, uh, hopefully yeah. for good. Bye, Dan. Uh, bye, Dan. Bye, See d- you later. Bye, Dan. Um, so... Uh, who wants to go
0: first? Uh, Josh?
3: No? Um...
0: Okay, I'll go
1: first.
3: Uh, yeah, you go first, because I, re- I have something to say, you have but to I, articulate forgot, it. I what it is. Okay,
0: so um, I, I had a couple things written down, but the one I do want to focus on was uh, specifically the uh, NBA free agency. Sure. So, Or, or even the NBA offseason. So there was a big trade. I actually kind of alluded to it on accident last week when we were talking to Kenyatta yeah. and uh, Spooner. Um, I thought Russ was out of OKC, and I also thought that Chris Paul was out of Houston. Didn't think it would work out the way it did, that they would get traded for each other. Um, now, the funny thing is that Chris Paul, is more than likely out at... Probably going to Miami. Miami. Depends on who wants... Well, he's going to get bought out. He'd be a great fit in Miami. Especially now with Jimmy Butler there. It's going to make a lot of sense. Because Jimmy Butler can just shoot... Uh Uh-huh. So he's good. And he's a great facilitator and he can score if he needs to. Um... With all these teams now coming together in the West, so now you got Paul George and Kawhi in L. A. Well, LeBron and, Clippers, and Anthony Davis, and now Boogie Cousins is there too. So now, so now they're reunited for when they the play Jazz ain't bad.
1: The Jazz retooled really well. The Jazz are nice. The you, Warriors. Dude, people are sleeping on the Warriors still. I don't think they're gonna be as good, but like Steph is a fucking awesome player. You st- listen, you still got Klay, Steph, and Draymond Green. I'm, You're gonna I'm, be okay.
0: I mean, Clay, he'll be coming back later in the well, season. Especially they got D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, dude. So like it's gonna be fine. They're gonna be um, the yeah. other thing too. I mean, you still got. Denver with Jokic, who's going to be an animal. They were the one seed this this past the, the, year. The Denver Nuggets are a great team. Um, I, I, my hot take is even with the addition of Russell Westbrook. The Houston Rockets do, will oh, not. Oh, I think they make. got. I think they got worse. I think they will not make the playoffs. That's how I think. That's how I think. Yeah, bad I, they are. I don't think that's, and that's crazy. How overrated. I think James Harden is. I will. Tr- I will take that to my grave. Um, I think <sighs> as a pure scorer, sure. Yeah, but as an overall player, no. I I agree completely. Listen, and you're talking two guys that need dude, the ball in their hands he, to do he anything. He was he was averaging what? He was averaging like over 45, 50 yep. points for like two weeks straight. You know what the Rockets' win loss record was during that whole time? He was setting unprecedented scoring. Uh, scoring we're records. Like, what they won four games in two weeks, and he averaged fifty points a game. Well, yeah, he what plays d- no defense. He plays no defense. Not to mention Holds the ball. Dude, he, he plays he, pure. He just tries to play ISO shoot. I can't, dude. It's just I just I. He's don't, fun to watch I, when he's on, dude. I don't like his game. I do, I am not I'm not saying he's a bad person. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying as a player, I don't th- I think he's one of the most wildly overrated players. Well, he's a ever. I, don't, I I think when
1: you're talking to like actual basketball fans. I think he's overrated by like ESPN. I think actual basketball fans realize that he is a one, tr- a very good one-trick pony. Yes, it's like good. he's like Mark McGuire or Adam Dunn. Like he's going to hit home run, strike out, or walk. He's <laughs> yeah. going to hit a three, or he's going to miss every single time. That's sure. pretty much what it is. Um, I, I I struggle with overrated because. Did some of the things he did hadn't been done since fucking Wilt Chamberlain which is fucking crazy but I do agree that based on like the ESPN narrative yes he's overrated and I do agree that the ro- the Rockets got worse because now you're talking two guys that need the ball in their hands Russell Westbrook who isn't a good shooter he's a great scorer he's, he hit 42% he, he's, he hit 42% from the field when last year the league average was like 54 dude, I'll tell
0: you what though Russ has over James Harden Russ is clutch when oh he yeah has Russ is clutch. clutch
1: he's he's the best finisher in the league yes Absolutely. he's one of the most explosive players in the league but he is already starting to deteriorate because his game is based on explosion and he's on the wrong side of 30 yep. you're talking and who I feel really bad for in this whole situation is Chris Paul because he's a guy that has never made headlines for the wrong reason he's been the best point guard of his generation of his era he is the most complete point guard When yeah. there's, there's been guys that have come and gone that had a couple good years Darren Williams Derrick Rose um, but he has Derek made Rose was MVP. He, he, he has remained consistently a good player. Well,
0: he was the main reason that the Clippers were so good. because yeah. he could actually facilitate DeAndre exactly. Jordan and Blake and Griffin. The numbers
1: Look. when he was on the court and James Harden was off, the Rockets were a better,
0: more efficient well, team. I'm, I'm going to go and say that Chris. The reason why Blake Griffin turned into a great player was stro- solely because of Chris. I will agree with that. Blake Griffin was such an overrated one-trick, player pl- for his, his first three years. He was in the league, dunks and rebounds, and that's that was all it. he was. And he
1: turned into a pretty good, a little bit of all mid range he, shooter. He,
0: he, he developed a three point shot, and he developed a pretty good post game. and so He's playing pretty well in Detroit. I mean, for, for that effort. Detroit
1: should go after Chris Paul, they reunite should. Chris Paul and uh, Blake Griffin. But
0: it's also one of those things I do feel bad because he's relocated. I think four times in two years. Yeah, and so he's such
1: a good dude too. He is. And like, I, mean,
0: I mean, well, the first thing JJ Watt even said. Yeah, it, that's what that I was just going to bring up during the whole th- during the whole uh, like Hurricane Harvey. I think it was. In, was, it in was it Harvey? Hurricane Harvey? I thi- or was that the one in Miami? Regardless, mm, but the the, the the hurricane in Houston it wasn't my problem. Chris Paul was the first person that reached out to donate. Yeah, and that's the fr- the one thing you did not hear about because that. he's
1: not this guy. He's not a headline grabber. Mm-hmm. He's very very low key. He's under the radar. He's a lot like Steve Nash in that regard. He
0: did have a bit of an, an attitude issue his first couple years in Charlotte, but that he, or he was, New he was,
1: Orleans, like, New Orleans. He was in.
0: No, I think I just wanted. No, he to was on the Force. New Orleans Hornets. The Hornets. You're thinking, yeah, Yeah, he Hornets, got right. traded
1: from the Hornets right. to the Clippers. So, well, at first it was going to be the Lakers, and the league said no, which was such horseshit. Which
0: is now it's funny because there's a possibility he goes to Miami or he goes back to or he's going to go to LA this time, and they're not going to let him go anyway. Yeah. But yeah, that's my whole. Uh, that's my I, last th- word. My last word, and also congratulations
3: your eye favor, yeah, Joshua. Uh, it's not going to be a long one. I'm not going to draw it out too much because this is kind of a common theme. Cool. Uh, so why don't... sexuality? <laughs> <laughs> you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying you're gay. <laughs> oh, okay. Thanks for clearing that up, yeah. dude. Um, why do we have to find reasons to hate on another person because of somebody that they like, somebody that oh, they follow, God, somebody that they support politically? Yeah, I know. I saw a photo this week of Braun Strowman with President George W. Bush, and the comments. We're fucking toxic. It's, it's five, a fucking right?
1: president. It's a fucking president, dude. We have like how many of them are left living? Clinton, besides Trump, Clinton, Bush Jr. and Obama. Who you that, Carter? You Jimmy Carter? and Bron- Jimmy Carter, yeah. are four
3: ex-presidents alive.
1: Yeah. And he got to hang out with one that's Come probably the on. most fun to party with. Unless you're going to Epstein's Island with Clinton. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, you're absolutely right. It, he didn't even say that he supported Bush's policies. I didn't necessarily. I would fucking take out a picture of Bush in a heartbeat. and yeah, say, absolutely. you want a beer and bump some lines? <laughs> He'd be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, you're absolutely right. It's fucking stupid. And, it, it's, and most people... And this is the thing that so gets lost, and I think people don't realize. When they support a president, they know about 10% of what the actual policies are. Mm -hmm. Everything is based off a headline they read once or an article they read once, and that makes them bad. Was Bush a flawed president? Yes. Yes. So was Obama. Mm-hmm. So was Clinton. So was
0: Reagan. So was every Yo. single president that's ever mm-hmm. existed. Yo, these comments are bad. Yeah, dude. I,
1: I believe read some of them, please. I,
0: I've served under him. I like to shake his hand one day. That one's all right. Bush isn't an American hero. hashtag 9-11. Um, <sighs> what was it? Started a war for oil, which he got thousands of Americans well. killed. What a hero. Follow what you follow, whatever political party you want to, but call this. I don't uh, necessarily disagree. Shit. He did that, but it doesn't. I. I mean, he was. He got lied. He got but Cheney
1: intel.
3: But but there's yeah. a, there's a lot at of the slight, end of the day. Uh, he he didn't know anything. Did no. He had no idea what was yeah, going Jay on. Yeah, Cheney was
1: dictating most of the shots. Come did, on. Did he Foreign teach policy you, Did he teach
0: you his shoe-dodging technique? <laughs> <laughs> Jet fuel can't melt still beams. Oh, God. Hey, Laura, you I see... i was th- an inside job. i have rocked out Tower 7. <laughs> hey, Laura, you see this talk? Uh, this talk they the wouldn't even let bear? me an ex-governor. I'm an ex-governor <laughs> and Navy SEAL. Chris Kyle wasn't on
1: the Superdome. I, he I, didn't <laughs> punch me. Bush did 9-11. <laughs> ah,
0: yes, the man that put us in a recession and started a war. Can, I read, can I read some of these in it, Jesse it, Ventura voice?
1: Please? <laughs> huh. Bush ain't no hero. I'm an ex-governor and navy seal. <laughs> That's a shame. Bush bad. started a war in my country to help us get rid of a dictator. Oh, my God. T- Fool me thing? once, can't get fooled again. No, that's just a Bush quote. Uh,
0: <laughs> Fool me George can't get Bush again. is not a
1: hero. <laughs> Can you ask him why he and Tony Blair thought it was a good idea to start a war that they both knew they couldn't control? When you sound like a wacky conspiracy theorist, everything sounds crazy. Yeah, but right. Shut the fuck no, up, it's dude. Like it's, it's, he's it's a wrestler so that's a bodybuilder that just eats and works out and does wrestling. He doesn't know anything. And he's from fucking Tennessee, dude. Yeah, dude, of course he is. He's from the fucking... Uh, the Like that's what he likes.
0: Now here, let me let me tell you this because this is the comment that is what annoys me. Is what like listen, nothing for nothing. We're nobodies compared to Braun Strowman, but like when someone like that goes, don't mix your work with politics. Don't give homie advice. Who the fuck are you? It's the wrong way. You have your ideas, and okay, everyone has theirs but he spelled use the wrong there's. there's as right as right as, uh, as right it is but so no okay so that's just how you know this is a dumb piece of shit on instagram he's trying to give advice to a very successful person and he can't even use the correct there yeah of course who not. the fuck are you
1: it's just it's it's so fucking goofy but, i Josh, mean i, think, I agree I think a thousand percent there's social really media should disable all comments that, like, I, people I thought this that people agree. get mad from comments and they get in trouble from comments
0: dude I don't disagree man no more comments I no more I just, quote tweets I, I'm
1: just gonna be fine did you see Facebook got fined 4 billion dollars by the FTC Good. for the privacy em. things fuck them yeah it all should just go away I mean to think about how much fun social we're media we're all complicit be... in
3: it at oh, the end oh, of the day oh I am fully you know, aware how many times have you ever actually read a fucking privacy agreement not before once. you just hit accept I know we're Never. all complicit in it but at the end of the day it's wrong it's unethical you know that people are not selling gonna selling our information you know you don't need to have a fucking Advanced law degree to know whether or not your shit is going to be used for advertising purposes. Dude, I know. I mean, you know,
1: I try being careful, and I'm fully aware that they're still most likely have everything on me. Well, that, that's they what probably I'm got. They I mean they got my semen on my phone. <laughs> I've missed a few times. All right. All right. So my final word, um, this week was a really cool week in baseball. Uh, you had the all-star break, uh, the Tyler Skaggs things that we mentioned, the greatest home run derby I've ever seen. That was fun. Um, the fact that the Jock Peterson and Vlad Guerrero Jr., they went to, they, you know, Vlad Guerrero hits 29 home runs and you're like, oh, Jock Peterson can't do that. in the last, 45 seconds he hits like six in a row to tie him they go to the one minute uh, swing off they tie again they go to the three the three swings swing off they tie again and then one more three it was fucking awesome then for Pete Alonzo to win it it was just a it was the best I usually don't watch the home run derby but I wanted to show Alonzo a little support and it was it was sensational and then MLB announces these new rules that they're implementing in the minor leagues that they're testing that they just started this week. Uh, one of which being the uh, electronic umpire. Um, so basically, it's in the uh, I believe the Atlantic Indo- Atlantic uh, International League. I, th- I, I I may be wrong on which league it is, but it's one of the minor leagues. Um, so basically, the umpire has a earpiece in the strike zone is being tracked by Doppler radar and then when it comes in he gets a notice if it's a ball or a strike um, I, fuck, I, fucking, I fucking hate it I it's hate it because thing. there is no more manipulation of the strike zone based on your umpire it's part of the mental game of baseball knowing what as a hitter and a pitcher what umpire you're working with if he calls low strikes high strikes outside inside if his strike zone tightens up as the game goes on Especially which most it's umpires Angel do it's so, a crap shoot. so so now you know that the strike zone is going to stay the same from pitch one to pitch the last pitch. And for me, that is a massive advantage for the pitchers. I, uh, entirely. No Not, hitter, no. I, think, I think for the pitchers. Entirely. Because they know how to manipulate the strike zone. The pitcher is almost always at an advantage, no matter what. Right. And I believe if they have an idea of what the strike zone is every single time, it's easier to exploit a batter's weaknesses out of plate. If he's weak on the low inside pitch, right. the outside breaking ball. They know, I just gotta go right here every single time, and even if I miss the tiniest bit to an umpire's eye, the strike zone. You see on ESPN, when they use what they're using now, they call pitches that are strikes that don't look like strikes at all the baseball is a game of human error the best players in baseball only hit the ball 30 percent of the time i do not like it whatsoever i might be fine with it if it goes to extra innings to speed up the game if that's how you want to implement it there's been aspects that i've i've adapted to the replay i'm still not a big fan of but it's there um the the netting that's not obviously a rule but it's something they've it should, added the be. pitch clock i'm totally in favor of at this point point. Mm. and now they added another rule that i hate even more and this one is so fucking. If it's the one I'm thinking of. It's, it's so you know. XFL style that you can steal first on any pitch the catcher does not catch. Dude. So on the first pitch of the game, if the pitcher goes Dude, it throws like it behind you and it goes away, you can just take off for first and steal first base. Dude, they did it in the minor leagues already. Yeah, it already started. He became I forgot who it was. He became the first player in professional baseball to steal first base. What
0: are, <laughs> how, <laughs> about, how, how about, about you figure, how
1: stupid is that sentence? How about you figure out what's going on with the baseball? Why so many home runs are going on? Well, how didn't, Robert, did,
0: didn't Verlander just say something? Oh, some Verlander shit
1: about said it? that the, well, I mean, listen, I've had people argue with me. There's no way MLB did this. Okay. And these are people that I know that are like true conspiracy theorists. They believe every single Conspiracy theory they hear about, but not one that the league altered the baseballs to add home runs when Rawlings makes the baseball and MLB bought Rawlings two years ago. So, literally, Major League Baseball makes the baseball. They've proven, an astrophysicist did a study, that the stitching is deeper and tighter and that the center of the ball, the pill that's in there, the core of it, is more centered. So, it's allowing more drag on the ball. It's carrying easier. We know they use juice baseballs in the home run derby. So, to. why? They, they always have. Dude,
0: I, like, you saw juice baseballs Dude, in a I think they're it on was pace the first dodgers world it, series obviously
1: it's a pace they're on pace right now to hit 1100 more home runs than the most home runs ever hit in a season which was only 2 years ago mm. so instead of adding fucking fluky rules to try and make the game more interesting fix the baseball Home runs do not lead to better attendance. More offense does. You've added home runs. You've taken away batting average and on base percentage. You've added strikeouts. Stop making fucking stealing first. What the fuck That's, is it's this? It's so silly to me. What like, is this? That's like a fun beer league rule. Yeah, it really. I have is. no problem with that if you're playing like in a beer league. But in Major League Baseball, no. if that was the case, Ricky Henderson would have had a thousand more stolen bases. <laughs>
0: Easy. All
1: right. To. So this was episode 61 of You Watch, I Listen. Special thanks to Zuby for calling in. Great conversation with him. To our great sponsors at Blue Chew, Bet DSI and our buddies at Lobo Sound and And Shots for Likes Podcast. podcast. Uh, We will see you guys next week. Later. Later.